you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. I've read Mark Twain. I've read Huckleberry Finn. I think I earned the right to go on the internet and see that guy get a chainsaw in the face. My dad was drunk and my mom was dealing with it. Guess what? I get raised by Cookie Monster. My cock looks like it's been in a hockey fight. Time my stupidity. It's at the speed of goddamn light. I got a bunch of blocks. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? We're here. We're queer. Get used to it, all right? You quit your bitching. I don't want to hear you step off and say you're not used to it at this point because I'm here to tell you right now you need to fucking get used to it. It's part of the jingle. It's part of the phrase. It's part of the saying. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Now, part of that's not true. I'll go. How about this? We're here. Oh, dear. Get used to it. (laughs) How about that? We take out the I'm queer part because I'm not. Uh, Not that that's a bad thing, certainly. And and now I've got to do that thing where I've got to go run it back and go, hey, no, I didn't mean that that's a bad thing. I meant we're here and then, oh, dear, and then get used to it. Like, you should get used to it. But I don't really mean to offend you and tell you that you should get used to it. I mean, we should all get along and get together. And I got to be Rodney fucking King now because what the fuck, man? Jesus Christ. It's a fucking comedy show. Step off. Get off my dick. Uh, that seems aggressive and weird. I don't mean that, certainly, because, again, I'm just, you know, I'm talking here. All we're doing is talking. Now we're doing, I, I am talking into a microphone, and you're listening on the other end. You're jammed into the iPod vagina. I'm traveling all the way up your ears, all the way up the cord, directly into your fucking head. Um, unless you've got those fancy ear pods. Is that what they're called? Ear Because I have earbuds, courtesy of Bose. Uh, and then I have the Beats Wireless, courtesy of uh, a gift I received from someone I used to, somebody that I used to know, as Goitier would say. <laughs> um, and I, but I don't, I don't have the earbuds, the earpods, those weird fucking things where it looks like you're just hanging a couple of coffee stirrers out of your, out of your fucking stirrers, coffee stirrers. I couldn't, my fucking voice wouldn't work. Hanging a couple of coffee stirrers out of your your fucking ears, which just those just look dumb. I mean, they look. Uh, as stupid as somebody looks with ear gauges, and look, uh, <laughs> let me go ahead and do this now. If you have ear gauges, good for you, and I'm glad you love them. I hope there's something you enjoy. I don't understand them. It makes no sense to me why you would want them, but good for you. I think they're fantastic, and I love you for it. And uh, and look, there's a certain segment of our population who look really good with a gigantic fucking hole in their ears. I guess I can't argue that point. You know, if you get an ear gauge, and you know, maybe there's, uh, like, I, I go, at, you know what, I throw it back to the great John Travolta. I throw it to the great Vincent Vega who said, uh, and I quote, which one is Trudy? That's the one with all the shit in her face? Uh, Sometimes you just see somebody and you go, oh, that's the one with all the shit in their face. And it doesn't mean that they don't look good. It doesn't mean that they look bad. It just means they got a lot of shit in their face. And that's how I feel about somebody with a fucking ear gauge. You know what? If you... uh. If you've just, if you ever woke up one day and you went into the bathroom and you looked at yourself just before the shower and you're like, oh, I got to rub the sleep out of my eyes. And then you looked at yourself in the mirror and you went, you know what? I, uh, I look good. I got to lie. I can't lie to myself. I go, I, I, I look fine. I look really good, but I would, I could look so much better. Holy fuck. If there was just a way I can get some sort of industrial punch press and, and create a giant chasm in these things hanging off the side of my skulls. Uh, skull. <laughs> and if, I, if there's a way, you know what? I look good now. 
But if I had a hole large enough to thread a bike chain through, I think I'd look really, really, I, 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 think, I think that would improve me exponentially. Oh my Christ, if there was any sort of way that I could go ahead and take some sort of, I don't even want to say an ice pick. How about a railroad spike? What if I rammed a railroad spike through my fucking earlobe and then I stretched it way the fuck out? So not only could I fit some sort of decorative jewelry in there, but perhaps I could go back on the road and recreate vaudeville by having dogs leap through the hoops that used to be my fucking earlobes. These fucking gigantic ears with my earlobes hanging down to my ankles. And I know... Somebody out there hears ear gauges and they're offended by this now and they're very disappointed in the things that I'm saying about all of the extra holes they've created in their head. And I don't mean to be that person. I'm certainly not. I'm not gauge shaming, if you will. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't carve a hole into your fucking skull and embed a, a jewel. You know, why don't you do that? If you're going to get a fucking ear gauge, here's what I say you do. I say you take a fucking, uh, you ever seen those, those old timey fucking hand crank drills it's like it's like you hold one handle with your left hand and then you just spin it with your right and then it's got that weird drill bit and you use that to, to i guess get in grow into wood in the old days the three stooges would do it and they would drill into Curly's skull to do some surgery because he swallowed something he wasn't supposed to uh, that happened often too by the way Curly, close your mouth buddy you're fighting with a fish you're fucking yelling woo 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 you're falling on the ground and spinning around at that point they've got to just supervise curly so he doesn't put stuff into his mouth he's the kind of guy that's the fucking guy that's the dude who needs constant supervision. Now, look, Moe's certainly got him in line. Moe's slapping him around. He's keeping him in fucking uh, check. Uh, but then he turns around. And of course, Curly gets out the derby and blah, 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 just fucking lets him have it. Uh, but then Moe turns around and, of course, Curly just withdraws into himself. But at the same time, why would you ever let Curly be alone? Why would you ever let him go into another room, a bedroom or a kitchen, unsupervised in any way? And look, I've covered on previous episodes, why did the Three Stooges get jobs? It makes no sense. You would think they would, they must have been a terrific interview. That's the only thing I can say. They must have been a fantastic interview because there's no way they should have the job. Did they behave in the interview? I mean, the second I get three dudes coming in for one job, demanding they all work together, and then the mean guy slaps the other two to keep them in line, uh... I got to say that they're, they're not getting the gig. They're just not getting. I don't even hand them pens. I got to be. You know what? I don't hand them pens because I don't want to waste the fucking ink because I know I'm not hiring those three motherfuckers. And also, if I hand them pens, there's a really good chance the three of them wind up embedded in the bald guy's skull because he says something he shouldn't say because that's what he does. Uh, now, if I'm hiring, a, a, if I have a job where I need inappropriate people to fall down and do dumb things and drink the wrong kinds of medicine, well, then by all means, I'm hiring the Three Stooges. Get those fucking guys in here. Can you tell that this is something I've thought about a lot in my life? Can you tell that this is a, this is, it's like, it's like, uh, I have constants. You know me. You've listened to the show a long time. And uh, you may be leaving now. This could be your last episode. Maybe last week's was your last episode. Perhaps, you know, maybe you stopped listening three years ago. In which case, why the fuck am I addressing you now? Why am I tailoring an episode for somebody who bailed on me three fucking years ago how dare you why would you leave me in the lurch why would you leave lurch why would you leave him he's a butler he's just trying to fucking work his job you rang he came that's it uh <laughs> but along the lines of why wouldn't anybody rape superman when he lost his powers that is that is how i feel about the three stooges getting jobs these are these are things that need questioning folks and i know you're probably saying to yourself well mike you should probably find a comfortable stage and go out and work this out in front of people and i'm telling you right now no there are no comfortable stages for me certainly not to discuss the three stooges because again that's eight thousand years old i can't even believe i'm boring you fucking people with it i mean and also let's talk about this how do you feel about me going to Cobb's comedy club and walking on stage and doing my why didn't they rape superman chunk you think that goes over well these days after what happened to me last week fucking step off 
Uh, I'm teasing. We're having fun. We're just we're just joking around, folks. I'm just talking. Uh, I thought I was having fun. See, I'm, this is me being dumb. I'm going to shut up. Ah, fuck it. I got to talk about this. I'm going to do it anyway. But why? I shouldn't. There's no reason to. It's just fucking foolish. Just talk, man. Just fucking have fun. Let's talk about people carving holes in their head. Should we go back to that? You know what? If you're going to do Let's get back to that because I was saying that old-timey drill with the fucking hand crank. If you're going to put shit in your ears, just just fucking... And you're going to pierce your septum and you're going to pierce uh, your uh, your bottom lip. And I don't know. Do people put shit in their eyelids? I don't know. Do, can you do that? What if you sew your eyelids shut? Can you do that? Is that a fucking thing? God knows I want to do it whenever I see anybody with a fucking ear gauge. If I see two guys walk by me with an ear gauge, I'm like, you know what? Facial jewelry doesn't sound bad. Somebody sew the fuck out of my eyes, please. Sew them closed so I can't possibly view anybody else with another hole through their fucking ears the size of a goddamn stargate. I couldn't think of the word. I was going to say space gate. The last thing I want to do is fuck that up for you guys. So instead, I do that double clutch with a stargate. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this. I actually knew it was a stargate, but I wanted to make the noise of the stargate opening. <laughs> That's what I did. Stargate. Uh, isn't Kurt Russell in Stargate or James Spader or maybe both of them? Wait, there's no way Kurt Russell and James Spader can be in the same movie. Because that, you know, I'll tell you what. If you cast Kurt Russell and James Spader in the same movie, that will open the fucking Stargate. No matter what movie it is. Because that's like the coolest guy ever and the and the I don't give a shittingest guy ever. And it's just their, their dueling energies would smash together and open up a hole in, in, in some sort of time and space continuum where like Mars would send their Kurt Russell and James Spader down to have a fight. Like they'd be like, look, we can't have this guy who doesn't care and this guy who's super cool ruling the universe. We have to send our versions of that down. And I'm, I'm going to look, I'm very uh, content and I'm very confident in saying that, hey, fuck you, planets. Who's out there? Uranus, Neptune, Venusians. Jupiterians, as our friend Jay Leno said in a joke, if Jupiter's out there and you want to send your fucking Kurt Russell and James Spader down to have a fucking uh, ennui slash fucking I'm so cool effortlessly contest, then do it. Fucking do it. Bring us your Kurt Russell. Bring us your fucking Spader because we've got the real deal, baby. we got the originals right here. When we made them, we broke the mold. And then you swooped down to our planet and you stole the mold and you made your own versions. Fuck a Mars Kurt Russell. Fuck a Jupiter goddamn James Spader. Nobody wants to see Saturn's version of fucking James Spader. At least I don't. Actually, maybe I do. What if they did? What if what if they made like a less than zero on there, but it was about gravity? <laughs> Come on, look at me with space jokes. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson now just shaking his head because I don't know anything about Saturn. Gravity's like eight times more than what we have here. Is there gravity on other planets? Are there other planets? Is there anything I should know about space? <laughs> Sorry, that sounded stupid to me. You know what it's that sounded like? Uh, is there gravity on other planets? Are there other planets? Is there anything I should know about space? That, that you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a song Tom Jones would do on like a seventies variety show. Uh, just it, it's one of those throwaway tunes that means nothing about anything, but they're trying to get a transition between sketches. So Tom comes out with like four women in Copacabana costumes, and he goes, "Are oh, there other planets? Is there life in other planets? Is there anything I should know about space?" That's my Tom Jones. Uh, ho, 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 fucking Delilah. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll see Venus's version of Delilah. I demand it. What are there, fucking 11 planets? I don't even know how many planets there are. Didn't they, didn't they, didn't they strip planets? There was, there was a planet that's no longer a planet, but then it became a planet again. I can't keep up with this bullshit. I barely know what movies are coming out. Fuck, dude, I'm going to see a movie this week that I didn't know existed until last week. And you know me, I'm kind of on top of stuff. I sort of know things. I mean, I, I, let's put it this way. I'll know, I'll know that a movie's coming out, but then I, I watch the first trailer and then I'm done. I'll get a, an idea of when it's going to be released and then I'm waiting for it. Uh, but a lot of stuff now, 
because I'm old and ancient and I don't have television. If I don't have te- if you don't have television, you're kind of out of the loop. You don't see commercials and shit like that. Like I, I've been starting to watch, uh, you know, I'm, I watch sports, so I'll watch like baseball or whatever. And then a commercial will run, and I, I just, uh, holy fuck! I, I don't like this. This will sound ridiculous. Like I saw four commercials for salad dressing, and I, and it just it was this one of these points that was driven home where I'm just like. Motherfuckers, why are you advertising salad dressing? People know what salad dressing is. You don't need to tell me about ranch dressing. The whole fucking world knows about ranch dressing. I am constantly amazed that Bud Light and Miller Light are able to reinvent their ad campaigns. And it's always like, you know, tastes great, less filling. Hey, there's less calories. Hey, uh, it's delicious. Hey, it's uh, it, there's a, a born on date on every beer. Like they just keep finding all of these fucking. And that's just isn't that just horse piss? Like I'm not a beer guy, right? And, 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 and Miller Lite and fucking, uh, what are the Bud Light, Miller Lite and Coors Light. That that's the three, right? Those, those are, that's just, that's just fucking piss. That's just yellow water. That's all that fucking is. But it's got that fucking hint of beer taste. Like they walked it past a, a, a fucking hobo with a problem. You know what I mean? It's just like, it was normally just yellow water and they waved it in the face of a glassy eyed hobo. And then I got a beer taste automatically somehow. And I don't know who it's for. I know it's just generic fucking garbage piss that you fill your fucking garage fridge with and you drink it when your buddies come over, I suppose. Nobody likes it, right? Nobody's like, God damn, I love Bud Light. Oh, it's the best. No, you just fucking choke it down because it's cheap, right? Isn't it the McDonald's of beer? I don't know a fucking thing about it. I just know because I don't like any beer, man. I wouldn't know the fucking difference. And you could give me the hardiest, chunkiest EPA in the business. EPA, IPA. Give me the EPA. Give me the, give me the entire Environmental Protection Agency and then I will send them for IPAs. Um, you can give me an IPA that's just, cause always those are fucking, here's the thing. I will say this when we went to Arizona, I think I talked about how the fact I drank an old fashioned with my friends. I was like, fuck this. Let's get dumb booze. And, uh, and I drank an old fashioned, but then my buddy got a Guinness and, uh, I'm look, I, it might've been the Irish fucking half of me awakening and wanting to get fucking soused and punch somebody in the neck. I mean, I, I don't know, but when I saw him with the Guinness in my brain, I'm just like, God damn, that, uh, that looks good. Like it really, this will sound, it looked like this sounds fucking stupid. Probably. It looked like something you could eat. I mean, it's just the color of Guinness is so beautiful. And it's got that, that foam on the top that looks almost like whipped cream where I'm like, dude, this might be, it looks like a milkshake. Maybe that's what the fuck it is. Maybe that's what it was. There was the, that was the way it attracted me in and it drew me toward it with a, with a Irish tractor beam. Um, which is not to be confused with an Irish car bomb. They're both drinks. The Irish tractor beam, certainly a lot more gentle than the Irish car bomb uh, or the ICB as I like to call it. Um, but my buddy ordered a Guinness and I looked at it. And I almost in my brain, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to drink that. And, uh, I said, can I taste that? And it was a cold one. I guess there's, I said, is this warm or is this like fucking, you know, chicken broth or some shit? Uh, cause that's the trick now. Isn't there like a Guinness? You can drink it warm. It's like when I went, I told you a million fucking years ago, the first time I ever had sushi in my life, I went on a date and it was with a, with a blackjack dealer named Karen. Hi, uh, I got a lot of Karens I, I, and you will know me by the trail of Karens. And, and, uh, that's gotta be the name of the show, right? Does that have to be the name of the show? I don't know. Let's write down the time code just in case we didn't come back and rehearse it. And by rehearse it, I mean, research it. What a dope. All right. Um, I don't know what's happening now. Every time I talk to you guys, my sinuses start to get fucked and I, and, and it's not even, you know, I'm not like, uh, Oh, a head cold. It's just this weird thing where my, uh, I guess because I'm using my mouth and breathing that my nose has decided to stop working. I don't fucking know. Look, I'm not a doctor. Step the fuck off. Gigantor. 
Uh, what movie is that from? Anybody? <laughs> Don't, it's not from Gigantor. But step the fuck off, Gigantor. What movie is that from? Um, someone's going to know. That's the thing. I can't fool anybody anymore. And I also, I don't have the depth of knowledge that I used to have for fuck's sake. Uh, like I said, I used to know all sorts of pop culture stuff and then it just fucking whizzes by me now. I don't know anything. Like I said, the, the beer things where everybody, uh, there's a beer with a born on date. There's a beer with fucking, now the new one is that they're like, they, they, I guess one of them makes beer ahead of time and the other one makes beer sooner or no, there's, there's, there's too much sugar in the beer or, and I'm just like. This is this endless fucking dick swinging contest between guys with micrococks. I mean, fuck, you know, you haven't got anything to pull out. If an IPA comes in swinging its dick around, you're like, all right, there you go. That's, uh, you know, Jackrabbit Balls IPA, and it tastes kind of like carrots and, and fur. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that's delicious. You know what I mean? Whatever the fuck. Tastes like Old McDonald's Farm. And I don't know if you know this, Old McDonald had a farm. Uh, and bingo was his name-o. Um... But like if an IPA comes up and it just, you know, it whips out its cock, you're just like, all right, well, that's, yeah, that's a manly beer. That's a man right there. But a fucking Bud Light and and all these other fucking things, that's just, that's just fucking eight-year-olds having a sword fight and trying not to cross the streams when they piss on one another. I mean, Jesus, fuck. Coors Light, Miller Light, and Bud Light. That's just, and again, I'm not a beer guy. Maybe they're fucking delicious to you guys. I got no fucking idea. But to me, it's just like the equivalent of going to fucking McDonald's and not even good McDonald's, not even like the fucking you know, the fresh quarter pounder that they make. I'm talking like the fucking dollar menu. That's like, that's just, you know what that is? That's a beer McFlurry, but it's just got chunks of fucking no hope in it. That's all it is. If you, if you fucking drink Miller Light, Bud Light, or fucking Coors Light, that's just like a McFlurry, but you're mixing with sadness. I mean, it's just fucking awful. How have you settled? Quit settling. You know what? Spend the other three bucks. It's like when I go to the fucking produce department and they're like, hey, man, these bananas are 59 cents a pound or 59 cents a fucking bunch, whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. And they're like, hey, these organic bananas are 69 cents. And in my head, I go, uh, well, fuck, why wouldn't I get the 69 cent organic? Who gives a fuck about a dime? Who gives a fuck about a goddamn dime? Who gives the fuck about a goddamn Grammy, says Public Enemy? And if they were talking about bananas, they would echo my sentiments. Who gives the fuck about a goddamn dime? I, I'm get, Look, I'm going to lay it on the fucking line right now. Chuck D and Flavor Flav are siding with me on the organic banana fucking argument. Uh, and I, I'd love to ask him about it, too. Base, how low can you go? Price, how low can you go? Death row, what's banana no? Organic is the way to buy them now. And then you'll show you how to peel them right now. Whatever the fuck. All right, so I uh, I don't understand. I And again, I'm a single man. That's why I don't have kids I'm putting through college. I have friends, and they, you know, they scrimp and they save, and they, they don't go to Starbucks or they don't go wherever the fuck, and they're just like, nah, man, I got to save this money because sometimes my kid might need a sock. And I'm like, all right, well, good for you. Buy a sock for your fucking kid. If your kid needs warm foot, then go ahead and grab a sock. Uh, but but as for me, I listen, you know what I do? I can, I can only buy myself stuff. That's how I handle my business. I walk out the door and I'm like, all right, here we go, baby. What am I eating tonight? Who knows? It's a goddamn adventure. Let's go to the store and walk around and see what we can grab. Now, look, that's equally uh, awesome and sad at the same time. I get it. There's this great article I have from a guy who's a writer, and he was talking about, um, it was just called When You Get Old. And he was talking about when you go to the grocery store, you don't you don't buy fucking groceries anymore. You buy like, you know, three pork chops and you and your wife each eat, we each eat one and then you put the the rest in the fridge for later. And the same thing with vegetables. He goes, you and so you can and he goes, you use all the leftovers. Like uh, eventually your crisper gets filled with vegetables. Maybe you didn't use two carrots and a couple of things of kale. He goes, you chop them up and you make a nice frittata on Sunday morning. And he's talking about meeting his mailman at 430 in the morning with his fucking dog or whatever and going out for a walk and it's still dark outside and he reads the paper on the porch. And I'm just like... This sounds 
equal parts terrifying and awesome. Like I, I aspire to that life, but also I would fear it to death. I mean, but this guy's also carved out a niche where he owns a house. So, you know, he owns a house in fucking Florida so he can go out there and sit on his porch and smoke his pipe and pet his dog and wait for his mailman and get his paper and, uh, and go to the gym. And he's, cause he talks about you go to the gym and, uh, you know, young men are like, Hey sir, can I help you with that? And I'm like, ah, get out of here, old man, you know, young man. And you, then you try to bench press too much and you hurt yourself and you go home. Um, you know, and it's just, I, I, I'm getting there. I'm aspiring to that. That's what I want to have happen, baby. Um, but I, but, but then at the same time, you know, as a solo person, like I said, I can go to the grocery store now. I'm like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I could, I could literally walk out of my house right now, go to the, go swimming, go to the grocery store, go to the beach, go do whatever I want to do. But, uh, but you know, give me 10 years and, and, uh, when I'm fucking 60 and it's going to be, Hey, uh, does anybody want to go with me to the grocery store or go swimming or go to the beach? Anybody, anybody out there want to hang out? <laughs> so it's equal parts, fucking liberating, awesome and terrifying. It's just because you don't, you don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, man. The pendulum swings all different ways. That's incorrect. It swings back and forth. It does not swing all different ways because by its very definition, it would no longer be a pendulum. Uh, if, it, if, it, if a pendulum went willy nilly and just started swinging all over the goddamn place, Jesus Christ, the pit in the pendulum story is fucking ruined at that point. Because if you're laying on the fucking thing and you're strapped the fuck down and the pendulum's coming down to cut you in half, and then all of a sudden it starts going back and forth and up and down and side to side, it, it, that's just a crazy quilt. And you can't fucking base a story on that. There's no tension there because that carves you up in about 100,000 fucking pieces. It slices you up like goddamn garlic bologna and dispenses you to the fucking masses. And that's no end of a story. If you're literally, if you're laying, if you're trying to tell some, it, look, if, if Edgar Allan Poe is trying to tell you a story and he's like, oh, and he laid on the table and he gazeth above at the giant pendulum tick tock back forth his, his life ticking out in short bursts as he waited for it to slice him in half. Instead of it was like he laid on the table and he gandered up at the pendulum rocking back and forth, not unlike a, 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 a chime in a clock. And then all of a sudden it started spinning like a crazy thing and it cut him into 47 slices. The end. I mean, that's fucked, man. Edgar Allan Poe is not a fucking legend at that point. Now he's just a fucking hack and people are fucking furious at him. He doesn't even get a chance to tell you about the fucking cask. He doesn't even go to a Montelotto. He doesn't even go to a Montelotto. He doesn't buy a cask. None of that shit happens. If that dude tells you the pit and the pendulum story and the pendulum's going fucking bananas crazy and it cuts a guy up and it's and the story's over in four pages and then he comes to you later and he's like, hey man, you want to hear a story about a heart? And you're like, fuck you, dude. No thanks. He's like, no, it's totally cool and there's like floorboards and somebody gets buried and they're, and they're like, get the fuck out of here. We saw your crazy quilt pendulum story when that guy got sliced up into fucking 48 shaved ham slices and nobody wants to hear your fucking story about a heart. What, what, wait, let me guess. Uh, there, there's like a guy who shows up and then a guy cuts him to pieces with a switchblade and his heart gets cut into 47 slices and to a dog is that what happens and Edgar Allan Poe just says no but then he furtively takes notes and then he writes that story on the side and he sells it without you and you get no credit how about that what if you were the guy behind the guy for Edgar Allan Poe because they always say that about Shakespeare like they're like hey Shakespeare didn't write all these fucking stories like there was some guy named Rick who was like Shakespeare's buddy and he was like hey man what if you had a fucking guy named Yorick and he had a skull and it was like alas poor Yorick I fucking knew him well and Shakespeare's like go on and he's fucking jotting shit down and Rick is just like yeah man and what if you had like this thing I you know I don't want to say I don't want to talk about summer or winter let's not nail it down to a season what if uh Well, you can't call it like a dream in August. That seems ridiculous. What if instead you went with, I don't know, uh, thoughts of June? Nah, um, wistful memories of a hazy summertime? No, how about, well, I want to specify, really specify, how about, 
I got it. You know what? How about a Midsummer Night's Dream? And Shakespeare said, go on. And he goes, and there were these people like Pyramus and Thisbe, and then they put on a play within a play. So then that way you get to play with all sorts of conjecture and, and you get to play with uh, shadow and light because they're doing a play within the play. So you're lighting it differently while you're lighting the regular play. You're lighting the play within the play differently. And Rick is just fucking spilling out ideas and Shakespeare's quill pen is going. Fu- Dude, Shakespeare's quill pen is f- it bursts in the fucking flames. He's trying to keep up with Rick's fucking knowledge. He's just spit. He, it's so crazy. He's literally trying to catch chickens and ducks to pull out their feathers and make a, and dip them in ink because his pen is running the fuck out. He burns the feather the fuck out because Rick is churning out so much goddamn knowledge. Rick is bringing it and fucking Shakespeare's stealing it. And then Shakespeare puts it out and Rick is just like, what the fuck, man? Because he literally, because Shakespeare, when he first wrote it, he brought in the manuscript and it said right on the front by Shakespeare and Rick. <laughs> And Rick's like, fuck you, man. I should be the first. And Shakespeare's like, what are you talking about? He goes, it should be at least, it should be by Rick and Shakespeare. I gave you all this shit. Shakespeare's like, yeah, but I wrote it all down. I did all the work. And he goes, what do you mean you did all the work? I fucking shot it on my Rick brain cranium and you fucking caught it. All you did was, you you, you were laying down what I was putting down. Or you were, you were putting down what I was laying out. <laughs> were, you, were you catching what I was laying down? I don't fucking know, Shakespeare. Just fucking change it. Should be Rick and Shakespeare. That's what it is. And Shakespeare said, no problem, man. I'll go. And then he went to the fucking manuscript shop and he's talking to fucking his boy there and he's like, hey, you know, fucking Rick's a dick. And they're like, yeah, we told you Rick's a dick. And he's like, yeah, but it's just, you know, we gotta, is there a way hear me out. Can we just take Rick's name off of this fucking thing? And I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll throw him on like the inside cover and it'll be like, for my friend Rick. That'll be like a dedication for the play. That's kind of the same thing as saying he wrote it, right? And fucking Shakespeare's boys just high at the goddamn printing shop. And he's like, fuck yeah. It's actually Gutenberg. That's who Shakespeare went and saw. He's talking to Gutenberg who's inventing the press as they speak. Fucking Shakespeare's inventing quill pens, pulling feathers out of fucking asses. And then Gutenberg's there inventing the printing press. And you know who gets fucked in the long run? Goddamn Rick. Rick doesn't get it remembered. Rick doesn't get fucking told. And until later, here it is 8,000 years later. And everybody's like, you know what? Fucking Rick was responsible for all of Shakespeare's bullshit. And everybody's like, yeah, we love Rick. Champion Rick. Meanwhile, Rick is just bones. Rick's a fucking skeleton at this point. He got no fucking play when he was like, you know what? Because look, the only reason you create shit is to get pussy. Let's be honest with ourselves. That's the only reason Rick is stepping up. He's got Shakespeare fucking taking these notes and he's spitting out a whole bunch of nonsense about these fucking guys and Hamlet and these dudes and Othello and whoever else. And then and Shakespeare's just grinding it the fuck down. And Rick's just like, I am totally going to get laid from all these fucking stories. I cannot wait to get my dick wet fucking opening night. And Shakespeare's like, yeah, no kidding, right? So he and Gutenberg hatched this plan. They put fucking take Rick's name off the cover. And Rick is just like, God damn it, I wanted to get laid. And now right now, as everybody talks in the fucking, you know, third person about Rick, they're like, well, you know, fucking Rick is, uh, he's really responsible for Shakespeare's bullshit. And Shakespeare is just, you know, dead. And Rick is so dead, but his ghost floats around because he didn't get enough pussy. Because that's the thing. If you don't get enough pussy, your ghost walks the earth until you fucking get more pussy. And I don't know how a ghost is going to get pussy, but Rick better figure it the fuck out because he's been haunting us for 500 years. And, and how bad is it for fucking Rick that he's been haunting this fucking planet? And out of fucking nowhere, he's got to see Shakespeare all the fucking time. Shakespeare's shorthand for great writer. And Rick is fucking furious because not only did he, did he fucking create all that shit, but now he's doomed to haunt the globe and see Shakespeare's name. all Because Shakespeare's just peacefully sleeping in a coffin somewhere, man. He fucking he's got his arms crossed. He's got a couple of quill pens. He's probably wearing some velvet fucking pants and a weird curly shoe. And he's just chilling in a fucking coffin like, yeah, I totally boned Rick and got famous. This is fucking awesome. And now he's in heaven and he's writing books up there with fucking uh who wrote the winds of war? I don't know that fucking guy. One of those dudes. Anybody, any, any famous author who died like Shakespeare. No, Shakespeare actually fucked that. He's actually superseded writers. 
Shakespeare's in like the genius room. He's in there with fucking Picasso and fucking Da Vinci and those dudes, and they're creating flying machines. Michelangelo's in there. They created a fucking statue with no arms, and Shakespeare's like, ah, I got this, man. I'll write a whole fucking soliloquy about it. But now Shakespeare's sweating because he's in the genius room without Rick, and fucking Rick is just floating around the earth, and that's the only revenge Rick has. He's got no pussy, and he has to be down here and here, but he's talking about fucking Shakespeare. But at the same time, Rick knows that up in the genius room, fucking Shakespeare gets made fun of. You know, Michelangelo makes fun of fucking Shakespeare. He's like, what, dude? Michelangelo's like, hey, man, I made a fucking statue that people still stare at every fucking day. And Shakespeare's like, dude, they totally read my stories all the time. They made a fucking movie about me this year. And and Michelangelo's like, dude, that movie should be about Rick. And Shakespeare's like, how do you know about fucking Rick? We lived like 100 years apart. And Michelangelo's like, everybody knows about Rick. The second you come up here, you start reading the files, you read about fucking everybody. I know about Rick. I know about Hugh Hefner and all the fucking chicks he banged. I know about Dolly Parton being naked at his pool party. I know all that shit. Because, you know, Michelangelo, the first thing he wanted to know about was Dolly Parton. He died. He went up there and he's fucking like, and, and he immediately investigated Dolly Parton. Now, I know what you're thinking. Dolly Parton's not dead. Why would there be files on her? And also, Michelangelo died like 7,000 years ago. And why would they know anything about Dolly Parton? Because she's a fucking angel. That's why. Because she's been sent to this earth from heaven. She actually, she's lived for all time. She's lived for all eternity. And she's never going anywhere. You know this, right? You know that Dolly Parton is just pure sweetness and light. And she can't ever be killed or removed. Even when she dies, just her, she's, she won't even die. You know what she's going to do? She's just... Dolly Parton can never die. She's just literally one day going to lay down and then her body is going to break apart into a thousand sighs and then shafts of light will just carry them to the heavens. That's it. And eventually she'll just be put back together like Captain Marvel. That's who she is. She's fucking Captain Marvel. You know those scenes in Endgame where Captain Marvel's all shiny? She's got a fucking halo and all that bullshit. All that light around her was played by Dolly Parton, uncredited, because she's fucking cool as hell. She didn't want to be credited. She's like, you know, well, I'll tell you what, I don't need to be in the Marvel Universe because let's just give this Brie Larson the shine. That's who fucking Dolly Parton is. She doesn't care. She wants everybody to be, be happy. Dolly Parton, this is totally true. There's an entire generation of children who would be uh, illiterate if it was not for Dolly Parton. She she builds libraries. She gives them books. She teaches them to read. And this is rough. She's in Tennessee. I mean, these are fucking people who are bare. Just they, 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 they're counting teeth at this fucking point. And she's like, hey, here's that book, The Winds of War by the guy who died. who was hanging out with Michelangelo. And they're like, all right, well, well let's just check this out. And, uh, you know, this is and this is completely true. When Dolly Parton first introduced books to Tennessee, uh, they thought to burn her as a witch. But at the same time, they were thrilled because they were they ate the books and they thought it was food. They were like, "Yay, she's going ahead and she's saved. She saved us from this drought. And she brought us this new food source. And she's like, no, y'all, you read these. And they're like, read. What the fuck does that mean? And Dolly Parton's like, here's what you do. And then she uh, she sat down and she cracked open Cat in the Hat and she read it over a loudspeaker to the entire state of Tennessee. I don't know if you know that. She was at Dollywood. They put her at the top of the fucking roller coaster or whatever the fuck. She sat on what is the equivalent of the Space Needle in, in fucking in in Dollywood and Pigeon Forge, wherever the fuck she is. And she sat there and she read into a microphone and it just washed all over the entire state. It, it, it was just, it covered everybody. Sound waves moved like wind. And, and it just went into everybody's ears. And it was like, it was like she was pouring honey into people's ears. It just, they just, they, you hear that voice. She could say anything. I, I, you know what? I would happily be flayed alive. I would, I would be eaten alive by termites if Dolly Parton was the one who told me that it was going to happen and described it to me. I would listen to her describe my own horrific death being eaten alive by termites because her voice is so perfect and she is perfect and she is a being of goodness and and light. She is she is just all 
fucking hard candy and cool whip. That's who that's what Dolly Parton is made out of, man. She is just fucking she is pure whipped cream. She is creme fresh and fucking hard candy and you want to bite it and lick it at the same fucking time. That's who Dolly Parton. You look at her and you're just like, "Man, I mean, you're you're I just want to put you in my mouth." Like, it's, I don't even know if it's sexual. I, I, I mean, well, let's check that. It is absolutely fucking sexual when you see her because she just is, she is just a, a walking female orgasm. She is any, any breathless sigh or hair pull or any, any time you've had a, a woman dig her heels into your shoulders and pull your hair and say your fucking name. That's Dolly Parton, baby. Wow. Come to life in human fucking form in a rhinestone jumpsuit and a wig that God could touch. Holy fuck is Dolly Parton the greatest. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm fucking hard right now just talking about her. Jesus Christ. Enjoy that visual. Oh, man. If I if I was if I was any kind of man, I'd stop this show and fucking run off a batch and contribute to her for fuck's sake. But the only reason I don't is because she's she's doesn't. You know what? She doesn't deserve that. She's she's everything perfect and beautiful and she does she's just she's just fucking cherry pie a la mode five feet tall she's five feet of cherry pie a la mode just in a fucking pair of boots with a goddamn wig and that face and that beauty mark holy shit that beauty mark dude i got news for you if dolly parton was a mile away from me i would feel it in my bones i would jerk off and i would shoot a rope that would hit her right in that fucking beauty mark and just not a tribute it wouldn't be like a sex thing it wouldn't even be like a, oh man I've, i hated that i had to do that to you like i'd i'd feel dirty and i'd hate myself to it because because i don't want to sully her i don't want to fucking make her that you know she's not a she's not a fucking bullseye but goddamn i'd make her a bullseye i couldn't help i couldn't help myself I, I, I would launch it. I, it would launch through the air. I would, it would, you know what? It would pass through the ethereal floating ghost of Rick and it would just splatter right on fucking Dolly Parton's goddamn beauty mark. And you know what she would do? She would fucking understand. She would giggle and then she would thank me just because she, she not, not even because she liked it, but just because she'd be like, well, because I thought of her. That's how good and polite she is. Like I would, I would, I would fucking shoot a rope from a mile away that landed right on her beauty mark and she would say, well, thank you, Michael. And I'd be like, oh my God. And I'd be ready for round two immediately. And I would just be scoffed at by Rick because he would be furious at me that he wasn't getting any of that Dolly Parton pussy. And Michelangelo in heaven would be like, I read this in the files. I knew this was coming, baby. And Shakespeare's like, me too. And everybody went, boo, out of the genius room. Go to the hack room. Go to the fucking hack room, baby. Go in there with fucking Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots. That's who fucking Michelangelo has to hang out with in heaven. Uh, and I don't, look, I'm sure you love Stone Temple Pilots and they're fantastic, but that was the name that popped into my head when I thought of hackery and dead guys. Because you know what? Here's the deal. If you die early, if you're an artist of any type, and I know you check out like Hendrix and those fucking guys, but it's, that's. You know, Hendrix, they were, they were the vanguard of it. They were like, you know, James Dean, fucking Hendrix and Joplin and fucking Morrison and all those motherfuckers. They died early and they made it, you know, they made it fashionable to be like, you know, live fast, die young or leave a good corpse, whatever the fuck you want to say. But by the time fucking Cobain and Wyland and, uh, and those motherfuckers were doing it. Now, now you're just hacking. Now you're just a hack, just like Shakespeare. So you're up there with fucking Shakespeare. Shakespeare's hanging out with Cobain. And fucking, uh, who else, man? Fucking uh, Wyland and uh, who didn't know Dana Plato. Uh, you know, any of these people who fucking off themselves. 
Why am I going after Dana Plato? She's lovely. I got no problem with Dana Plato. She had a terrible life. Why would I fucking take her to, to task here? Oh, right now I can see Dolly Parton just shaking her head at me, and I do apologize for that. And Rick is furious. He's so angry because he you know, that's that was actually Rick's one wish. He wished that he could have bodily form for one day so he could write a project that would have saved Dana Plato's life. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird crush. Weird crush for fucking Rick, but he had it. That's what he had. He was like, yeah, man, I'm on board with the fucking Platomizer. Um... Holy fuck. Now, see, why didn't she meet me before she fucking did porn and died? Because I would have called her the Platomizer and she would have fucking marketed herself with that and forget it. You know what? She could have she, she could have been the Platomizer. I'm the Platomizer. Now, that could have been a, a name that got her back into acting. That could have made her a lady pro wrestler or it could have been a fucking grill we invented together. I don't know. But I had look at the ideas I had. I had the Platomizer. Dana, why didn't you call me before you fucking sucked the pipe and took a powder or whatever the fuck you did? How did she die? I don't even know. She fucking she offed herself, I believe. Um which is a fucking drag, right? And isn't Gary Coleman dead too? He's dead, right? Or he's got half a kidney or whatever the fuck. I think he died. I'm trying to think. Why is that whole cast in my brain? Gordon Jump is dead. Conrad Bain is dead. Bridges is still alive, wreaking havoc. Probably got a fucking crack den somewhere. Oh no, he cleaned up, right? Didn't he? He was all a drug dude. And he's like, I'm not a drug dude anymore. And then he beat up Greg Brady on TV. And then I don't know. I don't think he was a drug dude anymore. But then he was dating like a porn star. I don't fucking know. That's that's. Look, man, I live in a cesspool. Hollywood is a fucking joke. It's just all this fucking bullshit that's going on. And you never know what the fuck's going to happen. I get to read about Corey Feldman now and fucking telling people he's got a, a movie he's going to say about being molested or other people who are molested. And he's talking about Corey Haim got fucked in the ass by Charlie Sheen. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on, man? What's happening? You want to, you know what, Feldman, you want to impress me? Tell the story of Rick, Shakespeare's boy who fucking came up with all that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh. Yeah, but that's the thing is they always talk about Shakespeare had a guy behind the guy who stole all of his stuff, and I and and they're they're I I don't know I I don't know who that was, and I will tell you this: there is a guy behind me who actually scripted all of this. This entire show is scripted out. I must tell you, he did a fantastic job. God damn it! I got to drink some water. Hold on. I don't know what is happening with my fucking skull. God damn it! All right, hi. Let's do a podcast, baby. Um. I feel bad pinning you to the wall with all this fucking nonsense this week. Well, I don't feel bad. What the fuck do I? I don't. Yeah, I don't feel bad at all. I just want to fucking talk. That's it. You know, last week uh, I just talked because again, one of the things that's been fucking getting in my own way. I get in my own way all the fucking time, and I'm like, ah, you know, literally, I'll stare at a microphone. I'm like, ah, you can't do this shit. And look at us now. Where are we? Holy fuck, we're at like 40 minutes or whatever the fuck. Uh, no, 38. 36? I can't. I don't have my glasses on. Jesus, what an old man thing to say. What an old man fucking... I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see the fucking numbers. I'm ancient. You know, when I was the 40-year-old boy, I saw numbers all the fucking time. They just lurked. I had visions of numbers. I did. I would, I, would have a, I would go out to a fucking sweat lodge and have a vision quest and just think about the number eight. Oh, Joe, that's what I did, baby. Just got in the sweat lodge, cranked the fucking heat up. Joe Rogan puts this stuff all the time on his Instagram where he's like... He's sitting in saunas that are like 210 degrees. And he's like, yeah, man, the last five minutes are really tough, but it's fucking, it's really badass. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? I could be in a fucking 210 degree sauna. That'd be fucking cool as shit. Like I love saunas. I love that kind of shit. So I mean, I would start a steam room or whatever the fuck. Put me in a goddamn sweat lodge. Give me a Manitou. Get me a fucking Native American Indian guy, fucking some chief who's got a fucking pipe and a tomahawk and a fucking feather. And he just fucking throws me in there and he casts a spell on me. Then we look back and we have a fucking vision because in the sweat lodge, that's what you do. You have visions, right? I need some visions, man. I need something to inspire me. I need a vision quest. I'm going to wrestle the shoot. That's why I got to get a log and run up and down some fucking bleachers and take on the shoot, baby. And I got to have Madonna do a couple of songs for my soundtrack that are knockoff songs. And I'm going to fuck uh, Linda Fiorentino 
or Gian, San Giancomo. I don't know who the fuck he fucked. He fucked a Linda. Um, no, he fucked. He might have fucked Laura. No, he fucked a yeah Linda Fiorentino. I don't think he fucked Laura San Giancomo. I don't know who's in Vision Quest, folks. I just know it's Matthew Matthew Modine with his giant fucking hammer. Uh, he's got a big hog, right? Doesn't Modine have a big hog? Didn't that come out at some point? Uh, was he the one who was talking about being proportional? I think he was. It was like he, he was giving some interview to like Movie Line magazine, and they were like, "Hey, you know, you're." He was talking about wrestling or whatever. And he was like, "He was six. He's like six five. They're like, you're six five, and you're this, this, and he goes, yeah, and everything's proportional, I assure you. And in my head, I'm just like, what a weird fucking thing to interject into the fucking conversation. Hi, I have a big dick. I mean, it's like, because again, as I've talked about many times before, if I had a big cock, I would never wear pants. But also, I wouldn't be walking around going, hey, I got a big cock. Like, I mean, you can't just interject it in every goddamn conversation. You just got to, it's got, I mean, if it comes up subtly, certainly if you want to do the watch trick, then maybe that's how you do it or something like that. But I mean, if you're just fucking telling people, hey, I got a big cock, well, that just, Immediately, because literally, you, first of all, you put the whole fucking spotlight on yourself. Secondly, you've now basically forced everybody's gambit where they've got to go. Because two, there's two responses to, hey, I got a big cock. It's either, great, or, well, let's see it. I mean, that's, you're, you're, you're gambling. It's a 50-50. It's a gambit. You're throwing it out there. And you're just saying to yourself, you know what? I'm going to take over this fucking party by saying I've got a big cock and let's see what the fuck happens. Because again, half the party's going to be like, Great, because there are people out there who are like, well, you know, I mean, that's not everything. But then there are people who are like, fuck, yeah, let's see that thing. Fucking pull it out, baby. Uh, it's like, is that freedom rock, man? Is that a big cock, man? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. We'll pull it out. Let's fucking get a look at that motherfucker. You talked about it. We're going to play some Twister and we're going to use a cock as the spinner. Get it out and spin it, baby. Spin the spinner and call the shots. Twister can tie you up in a knot. Let's see your fucking cock, fucking red foot glue, right cock green. Uh, but yeah, that was Modine in an interview. He's like, Hey, I got a big hog. And it's like, all right, well, good for you, man. I don't know if it was a lady reporter or what. I don't know who he's dropping that shit on. Cause I mean, again, what are you doing, man? Just fucking, uh, there's ways to do it. You know, come, come to the interview in fucking, uh, compression shorts. Do that. Go Jonah Falcon on everybody and just go, Hey, here's the thing you can see. Everybody can see what I'm doing here. Hey, I got news for you. Uh, we don't have to break for lunch cause I got a couple of plums and a banana. I brought right to this goddamn meeting. How about that? Wait a minute. I brought a fucking kielbasa sausage. Check this out, baby. Uh, boy, you're wrong at that point. You're not going to get a glowing review in movie line magazine. By the way, movie line magazine, I think went tits up. That thing's fucking over, right? That thing's gone. Uh, all the magazines are gone. Are there any magazines left? You know, it's funny. I still get, first of all, I get two magazines. This is fucking ridiculous. I get two magazines in the mail every month I and I don't pay for them. I don't know. I, uh, I get ESPN, the magazine because I paid for the the ESPN Plus subscription because there's one thing I want on ESPN. There's a writer named Keith Law. I read his stuff. He's the only fucking reason I subscribe to ESPN. And it's one of those things again where I again I'm single. So I in my brain I just go, all right, well what's that? It was like 40 bucks. So I'm like, well I can pay 40 bucks is what's that? Three bucks a month? I always break that shit down. Where I'm just like, well, that's three bucks a month to get fucking to go read Keith Law's stuff or whatever the fuck. And uh and then I try to parse it out where I'm just like three bucks a month, that's a taco. You know, it's worth a taco to me to fucking read Keith Law's stuff whenever he writes it. That's fine with me. Um, but this, you know, but there are people out there who are like, I couldn't, I, I won't pay to read sports stuff. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I got no problem with that. That's fucking, that's cool. Same thing with fucking, fucking yawn. God damn it. Spotify. Like, you know, I pay for Spotify now for music and shit. And there are people like, oh, I would never pay for Spotify. I own like 60 gigs of music. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? You can get fucking beat down and worn out on your own goddamn music. It's happened to me. You know, I, I, I would always load up. I've got playlists and shit like that. But eventually you just kind of go, man, I've, I fucking, I've heard this a lot and I, I just got to fucking do something. And I like being able to choose from, from whatever the fuck. And 
do I gravitate to songs that I know or songs that I knew or anything like that? Occasionally, you know, I told you my Spotify playlist, I went bananas right when I started to go to fucking Spotify and I, I, I found old shit from when I was a kid. I'm like, I haven't heard this in fucking forever. So <laughs> this, this totally happened. You know, my rule about showers, like when you take a shower, uh, you can't leave the shower on a bad song. So the other day I got trapped in like a fucking 15 minute shower. And here's why, because I was fucking, I was like, the, you know, first of all, my shower is shitty now. It's just fucking, it's just, I'll tell you what, you know what my shower feels like? It fe- I feel like Dolly Parton and being a mile away from me because it just, it just, that's what it hits me with the velocity of it. It feels like somebody's just throwing a rope at me from a mile away that just fucking lands on me. Terrible. Uh, but Dolly would love it. And she would tell me it was okay because she's fucking gorgeous and beautiful. And she would just swaddle me in a blanket and hold me close and tight. And then I would just be like, you know what? This is great. She's just, she's just human medicine. She just makes you feel good. She makes everything perfect. And I've sullied her name by talking about her in these ways. And I, I apologize to her in absentia. And I hope, but you know, here's the thing again, she can hear it because she hears all, she knows everything. She's tuned into everything on this goddamn planet. It's just, she can't die, right? She'll never fucking die. As I said, she'll just explode into a fucking pile of size and light will take her to the heavens. It'll be fucking amazing. There are people you like, you just like that person can't die. Then you like the, the Rolling Stones are touring and, and then they were like, Hey, we have to put our, and this, and this shit always drives me crazy. We're like, Hey, mix a little under the weather. So we're going to postpone these things again. I'm like, well, look, dudes. He's 73 or whatever the fuck he is. Under the weather is a little different when you're 73 years old. Nobody's like, <laughs> ooh, I better sit down. It's more like, hey, we might have to crack this guy's chest open with the jaws of life because I think his liver has decided to fucking quit. You know what I mean? Like when you're 73, all that shit happens. I mean, I mean I'm fucking 50. I'm 51 years old. I, I told you like two years ago, I fucking pulled a muscle in my neck trying to back out of a parking space. Shit just fucking comes for you, man. There's a fucking reaper with a scythe and he is just waiting to ding you at all times. So Mick was doing his dance routines or whatever the fuck. He's hopping around in a pair of jogging pants and the fucking Grim Reaper shows up and just taps him on the chest with the scythe. So it turns out Jagger's got a fucking heart problem and they're like, oh, all right, well, we'll fix him up. And what do they do? They fix him up. And I don't, and again, maybe this is me. I was born without a work ethic and I was never, I never had one instilled in me ever, but the stones have already rescheduled the dates. They're already going back the fuck out. It's like, don't you, and I guess that's what they do. They're like, it's that thing. You talk to old men, there are old men who are like, I work and they make their identity through whatever fucking, you know, uh, if they work at a, in a factory building shoes or whatever the fuck they're like, I've worked for 28 years on the line and I've never missed a fucking day. And that's a point of pride for me. God damn it. And, and then there's me who's just the fucking grasshopper. And I'm like, look at you ants at the shoe factory, man. I'm going to go out and play a violin and eat some crumbs and laugh at you motherfuckers. And eventually it'll be cold and I'll be fucked and I'm sure I'll die of exposure. And that's fine. That's what's going to happen when you're a grasshopper who doesn't give a fuck. And the ants are totally cool. They've got like a house and they've got a bunch of fucking vegetables and they're fucking thrilled and their fucking factory is closed down for the goddamn winter, but they get to stay inside their fucking tree hole and everybody's happy. And they watch me rot outside the window and they point and fucking laugh. That's fine. I can accept that. That's totally cool. But, uh, but, but I just, if you're in a shoe factory, take some fucking time off. So, and I always say, if you're a rock star, don't quit. Your fucking job is rock star, man. Never stop being a fucking rock star. Never stop, never stopping. If I can go ahead and talk in the kids parlance from a recent release, never stop, never fucking stopping. If you're a goddamn rock star, but at the same time, if you're Jagger and you're 73 and the fucking Reaper himself came and tapped you on the shoulder, wouldn't you maybe take a year off? Wouldn't you? And I guess maybe. When your own mortality flashes in front of you, maybe you think to yourself, well, I can't take any time off now. I've now, now more than ever is the time to get out on the fucking road. I need to get out there and fucking show people I still got it. Uh, and I mean, I, look, what does Mick Jagger have left to prove to anyone? What does Keith Richards have left to prove to anyone? 
uh, at least, you know, at least they're going out now and doing these, you know, and I guess, I guess the sets are only like an hour long or an hour and 15 minutes long and stuff, but, and, and rightfully so they should make concessions for their age. They should just go out and fucking, and, and just, it should just be, they should just batter you like a high school kid getting laid for the first fucking time. You know what I mean? Just, just when where you know, or just a college freshman who's, who's fucking his, the first chick who's not from his hometown, the stones should just fucking uh, just leap on top of you. Just fucking pump furiously for however long. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was going to say an hour, but let's be honest. The college freshman's not going to last that fucking long, but he might fuck you six times in that goddamn hour. Who the fuck knows? But that's what the fucking stone should do. They should just fucking batter you for an hour and then take the fuck off. See you later. We're the fucking Rolling Stones. They, they could do one fucking song. Honestly, at this fucking point, the Rolling Stones could go on the road. Huge fucking expanse. 48 semi-trucks. Big inflatable lips. Whatever the fuck. A fake, a, a hologram Bill Wyman. Whatever the fuck you want to do. And then just get out there and just sing fucking Jumpin' Jack Flash. And they go, good night, good night. And fucking Mick just sashays off in with a football jersey of whatever city he's playing in. And people would still lose their minds and go crazy. I'd pay it. If you, if you if you had the dough and you're like, I'll pay 300 bucks to go see the Stones do one fucking song and really bury me with it, that'd be fucking amazing because they're the fucking Stones. They've earned it. So I, I guess I guess I'm contradicting myself. I don't understand why they need to rush right back out to the fucking tour. It's like take some time off and let Mick fucking recover because also last week or two weeks ago, they put out a video. Did you see this? They put out a video of Mick dancing and they're like 73 years old back back in the gym. All right. <laughs> and he's uh. You know, he's got, look, Mick's cardio is better than mine. He's an 85-year-old man, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. I mean, that's my own fault. I've abused myself. I've climbed into a, a, a thin candy shell, and then my heart is encased in chocolate. It's fudge-dipped. I understand that. If I'm going to make those changes, I need to make them on my own. And I can't be, I can't hold myself up to the fucking standard that a Mick Jagger sets for everybody. Because again, he's 73 years old. He's fucking running back and forth on a goddamn stage. You know, Chuck D on Twitter, he was like, Hey man, I'm, you know, I'm 30 years older than I was when we started PE. So we got to these fucking arenas. I got to train. I got to train out there. Cause I'll tell you what, Mick at least is running around and he'd be like, all right, sugar, go to go, go, all right. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. And, and then he can stop singing and just swivel his hips around and run around and then or and he can make Keith sing a song. You know what I mean? He can let say you shouldn't take it so hard. He can let, have Mick and then take some time off, go suck some oxygen, whatever. Dude, Chuck D is just he just has to fucking spit fire all over you the entire goddamn set. Because I mean also PE, they didn't, you know, it's not like they wrote any fucking ballads. You know what I mean? They can't they can't exactly take time off and give somebody a bass solo. They can let Terminator X fucking see, go wheels of steel on you and, and kill some time. But fucking Chuck is wearing, you know, he's got his black fucking turtleneck on and his black fucking leather jean or black uh, jean jacket on and then and then he's just fucking you know, he's he's unloading all over. You know why? Because he got a letter from the government the other day. He opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted him for their army or whatever. Picture him giving a damn. He said never. <laughs> uh, so he's spitting that kind of fire out. But he's also like, I got to be in shape. And these other people are like, they got to be in shape. And it shames you as a person where you see, you know, fucking Chuck D is 70 or whatever. No, he's not. He's my age. But it might be a little older. I don't fucking know. All I know is he's out there and he's getting it done. But then Jagger... I'm torn between going, man, this is fucking cool as shit. They still get it done at this age. But then part of me is just like, you know, man, the Champs-Élysées is calling. Grab, grab you know, uh, I'll tell you what, you should fly your Learjet up to Nova Scotia and take a, and check out the total eclipse of the sun. Take some time off, buddy. <laughs> Do that. Um, 
Head up to Saratoga and hopefully your horse will win. Do something with your life, Mick. Jesus Christ. Instead of this, it just seems like this relentless touring schedule. But I mean, I guess that that's what they know. They've done it since 19-fucking-61 or whatever the fuck. They've just been, that's who they are. That's their job. They're rock stars. They get out there and they fucking blast it. Uh, and and so, I, I'm like I said, I'm contradicting myself. At the same time I, that I marvel at their work ethic and their willingness to get out there, there's also the part inside of me that's a lazy fuck who's like, Mick, you should just be in a pool somewhere forever. That's what you should be doing. You should just be in the fucking water. You and Keith both and, and poor Charlie just fucking chained to the drum kit back there, not even moving. I don't even know. Peter Chris had to leave Kiss eventually because his hands gave out. I mean, I don't even know what the fuck. Is any part of Wyman still working? Or I'm sorry, Watts? Is any part of that still working? And we know what part of Wyman's still working, like his fucking cock, because isn't he banging that 11-year-old? Doesn't fucking Wyman have some... He's got a nanny wife, right? That's fucking terrible. Dude, if you're a fucking rock star and you got a fucking girl who's Trudy or whatever, and look, if there's some arrangement where you go on the road and you're banging chicks, fine. But don't bring that shit home. Don't be fucking some nanny. Didn't Ben Affleck fuck the nanny? Dudes, if you're rich, like ladies, if you're rich or if you score a rich dude, no nannies, just take care of the kids, whatever the fuck happens. And if you want to go get manicures and fuck the pool boy, I guess you want to do that too or whatever the fuck, whatever your hedonistic lifestyle gives to you and him or whatever the fuck you want to do. Uh, here's a twist. I'll tell you what, if you're a fucking, if you're like a wife and you're like an actor wife or a rock star wife and he's like, let's get a nanny. You're like, totally. That's fucking great. Then you get the nanny and, uh, and you seduce the nanny. How, how fucking hot is that? How about you two just fucking uh, start tripping and fucking having a good time? Go ahead and scissor off. You scissor off at the nanny because then here's the deal. When he swoops in and he's like, hi, by the way, I'm in movies. She's like, I know. I take care of your kids and I change their diapers. And he's like, well, would you like to fuck me? Because I was once in the sequel to American Pie. And then you're like, uh, no, I'm fucking your wife. And then this guy's like, boing, zoinks. What the fuck, man? And then the ghost of Rick just chuckles from the ceiling. Oh, <laughs> no pussy for you, buddy. Your nanny got roped by your wife. And are you indignant at that point? If you're the actor and your fucking wife is banging some nanny, are you like at that point? Are you just like, hey, uh, I saw that maybe you're queer enough with the nanny. And that's a little fucking weird, right? Isn't that strange? And she's like, why were you going to fuck the nanny? And you're like, because now you got to lie. You're like, no, of course not. I just wanted the nanny to raise our children in a in respectful environment. And now I find out she's going down on you every day at two o'clock in the afternoon. And the wife is like, yeah. Well, if you did that, we wouldn't need a fucking nanny. And then you're shamed and now you're cuckolded. And then you're like, oh, no, what the fuck am I going to do, baby? And then you go out and try to make a movie and be a big man. You kill 100 people on screen. But then you realize at home you're a fucking little man and the fucking nanny is getting it done with your wife. Now you can't fuck the nanny. You can't fuck the wife. And now you're making American Pie 3 just so you have something warm to stick your dick into. Good for you, Mr. Actor. And no, this is not about Sean Michael William Scott or or fucking uh, Jason Biggs. I don't know who this is about. Whatever the fuck. Who was the nerdy guy in American Pie? There was like... Jason Biggs, I think, still exists. And like his wife, he and his wife have a podcast or some bullshit now. I don't even know what the fuck. And then Sean William Scott made Goon and some other movies and stuff. He made The Rundown with The Rock. And I think he's probably still making movies. But who is that fucking, who was, who was the dude in American Pie who looked like the Muppet Beaker? You know what I'm talking about? He was like the, the erudite slick friend or whatever the fuck. Because it was Sean William Scott was kind of like the jockey dude. And then Jason Biggs was the nerdy guy who wanted to fuck pastries. And then there was the third dude. And he was just kind of like, hi, I've got a really long head. Because when I was born, they used forceps on me too long. And it squeezed out my skull like a goddamn test tube. And he looks like a fucking weirdo. He looks like Beaker the Muppet. There's no doubt. I mean, it's just fucking this long fucking head. And this weird, he looks like, you know, I'll tell you exactly who he looks like. He looks like a cross between my buddy Chris Shabika and my brother Andy. Uh, just the, the, the facial features, you know, just kind of this weird, 
he, he's a dude who always looks like he's smelling something bad. But also I said he's got that long misshapen skull because uh, the doctor pulled him out the wrong fucking way and his head got turned into a figure eight. Jesus Christ. If you come out of the fucking womb and it looks like fucking Peggy Fleming could skate you, that's fucking terrible. If she could literally skate an impression of your head into the ice and people would go, oh, that's a number. You're fucked, man. You need to do something. You need to get that doctor to shape your head like fucking like BJ and Dirty Dragon and working on blob and make your fucking skull work. Go ahead and fucking shape that goddamn thing. You have no idea who BJ and Dirty Dragon are. I get that. I totally get it. It's a Chicago reference. My Nine people got it. Maybe. Me, Max, Murph, and a few other guys. Maybe. Maybe. Remember Giggle Snort Hotel? I've talked about that on the show. Well, that was the national version uh, of BJ Dirty Dragon. BJ had a local show called BJ and Dirty Dragon. And... Uh, Dirty Dragon would yell, fire, and he would blow smoke all over everybody. But they would have this segment. They would bring in a fucking lump of clay named Blob. That was his name. And then uh, BJ would fucking shape him with like a putty knife, and he'd turn him into a fucking, you know, he'd put hair on him and eyeballs and shit. And Blob made the most horrible noises. I'm not even joking. If you Google it, it's on YouTube. I've never even checked. But if you look up Giggle Snort Hotel or BJ and Dirty Dragon, you'll, you'll just blob. Because I can do his laugh. I think I've, I've done this on shows before. I must have. Because he goes, <laughs> like that was a blob laugh. And, uh, and I'm doing that in my apartment now, and I'm sure everybody can hear it. But I don't give a fuck, man. Because you know what? Take that. You know what? Rick heard it. Rick is staring at me right now from the abyss. He's just like, God damn it. And I'm like, you know what, Rick? Go get some ghost pussy, man. Get off my dick. Don't fucking fucking stare at me. He's pissed because that Shakespeare movie's coming out this summer. I saw a preview for that. Dude, when I went and saw Avengers, I go see Avengers Endgame, and they show this trailer for like, I guess there's a movie where Shakespeare decided to come home and be a farmer. What the fuck, man? Give me, don't give me some bullshit about that. Make, if you're going to do a Shakespeare movie, don't be like, hey, man, let's gentle down Shakespeare some. Why the fuck is that? He's already gentle. The guy's writing stories. He's, you know, it's, it's not like he's a tough guy and he had to take the edge off Shakespeare. Nobody out there is just like, holy shit, this fucking two-fisted Shakespeare. We got to calm him down, man. This guy's nuts. Hey, I love this Shakespeare guy. He's, he's nuts. <laughs> fucking Tom Sizemore in True Romance. Uh, I love this Shakespeare guy. He's fucking nuts. Uh, but nobody was like, man, look at fucking punch him in the mouth. Shakespeare. He's just a rowdy dow, man. We got to go ahead and figure out what the fuck to do with this guy. Let's, you know what? Here's what we do. Let's change the myth. Let's turn it all around. Let's make Shakespeare just like a really nice guy who likes seeds. How about we do that? How about we get Shakespeare and we say, put down the pen, Shakespeare. <laughs> What, what if Shakespeare stopped writing these stories? What if he stopped stealing shit from Rick and he thought to himself, you know what? Yeah, I really want to do, man. I want to make a row of fucking radishes. That's what I want to do. I want to plant some motherfucking radishes. That's what I, that's what I got to do with my life. Jesus Christ. Fucking Shakespeare. Nobody in their right mind was like, man, Shakespeare's too rough. We got to go ahead and gentle him down in a new movie. And then the trailer runs during Avengers. So we're all fucking hyped up to go watch Iron Man punch a purple dude in the fucking ball jaw. And then out of nowhere, I've got to watch Shakespeare be a nice guy and dig. No, get that shovel out of Shakespeare's hand. What the fuck, man? And then he's got a daughter and a wife who don't understand him. I'm like, of course they don't understand him. He's fucking Shakespeare. Read Shakespeare. Let me ask you this. You understand Shakespeare? Read his fucking book. Fucking forsooth. Alas, poor Yorick, whatever the fuck. I knew him well. And then, ah, is it better to sling the arrows of fucking company? Whatever you're saying, all that bullshit. And the, the wife is like, could you just talk to me like a normal fucking person, please? And he's like, alas, lady, I cannot. But I will take my skulleth out to the gardeneth and dig. She's like, get the fuck out of my house, man. I, You know what? I enjoyed your Shakespearean money. And I enjoyed all the uh, the, the fucking acclaim. And, uh, and I look, I know what you did to Rick. You're not getting over on me. I fucking know what you did to Rick. I can hear Jimmy. I can hear Jimmy. 
Uh, but you know what? In the meantime, I'm just going to stay in this fucking house that you're, that you're nonsense built and me and your daughter are going to ignore you and you can go outside and plant fucking lettuce. And he's just like, I will woman. Fuck you, Shakespeare. I don't know why he talks like one of his actors. Cause you know why? Cause he wanted to act. Cause that's what all writers want to do. <laughs> Honestly, they wish they were in front of the camera. Shakespeare the whole time wished he could be on stage doing his play. Literally, Shakespeare carried around a, a skull like Captain Quig carried around ball bearings in the fucking cane mutiny. He was just like fucking rattling it in his hand. Everybody's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And also, you know what? Maybe that's why everybody thought he was so fucking tough. Maybe that's why Hollywood decided to gentle him down in a goddamn movie because they're like, you know what? Fucking Shakespeare walking around with that skull all the time. What a badass. Like he's like Denzel Washington in Training Day. You know what I mean? He's just like fucking let's do this, baby. I'm the fucking police. <laughs> Shakespeare is intimidating everybody by carrying a fucking skull around. Fuck that. You ain't scaring anybody. Fucking writer. Fucking Shakespeare. Dude, your name's become a pejorative. Literally, in other movies, people are like, oh, what are you doing here, fucking Shakespeare? It's like your name is shorthand for nerd. That's why they make fun of you in the genius room up there in fucking heaven. Right now, God himself is walking in and just being like, Michelangelo, Picasso, Rick Thief. And you're like, what? What? And he's like, I mean, William, Billy. Bill, whatever the fuck, old farmer, because we saw the movie and they're making fun of you when you're not, they, they might even be making it fun of you to your face, Shakespeare, you fucking dick, because right now all those guys are just like, hey man, you know, they made a movie about you and you're like, I know, why not? And then they're like, yeah, in this movie, apparently they cut your balls off, your wife makes fun of you and you've got to go out to the fucking garden and plant a plum. Ha <laughs> ha, what the fuck, buddy? And you're like, it did not happen that way. I created the greatest. And they're like, shut the fuck up, man. Nobody wants to hear from you and your bullshit Shakespeare garbage. Get the fuck out of here. You know what? Here's what you can do. Here's a fucking shovel. Go plant some heaven corn. Nobody wants to fucking hear you brag about your bullshit because we know it's bullshit because fucking Rick, man, we all know about Rick. We read the files. We, we were scrolling through. We went, we were through P for Parton and we went to R for Rick and there he is just floating around sad. Can't get any fucking ghost pussy and get off that fucking mortal coil. Should he shuffle off that mortal coil? He'd fucking love to Shakespeare, but he can't because you stole his shit and now he can't get enough pussy off of it. You, you did everything you could. You fucking, you stole his stuff. You wrote these fucking plays. You went and tagged a bunch of chicks. That's why your fucking wife and daughter don't want you to come back to the house. And that's why they're telling you to go outside and plant some fucking peas. Fuck you. Fuck you, Shakespeare. Go plant some snow peas and leave us the fuck alone. Go plant some cherry tomatoes you already wrote some bullshit about fucking othello and all these other goddamn king lear nonsense god suckers and just get out there and fucking plant plant a tree we know what you did to rick you guys can get me at mike and mike <laughs> what if i ended there should i end there i should right where i fuck that that's just an hour of babble yeah, fuck it. I'm ending this fucking show right here. I didn't tell you a fucking story. That was just, you know what? Fuck this. After last week, I deserve this. Because last week, I would let my hands go, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm a fucking genius. And then, unfortunately, uh, some people were, uh, uh, whatever, the fuck, nothing happened. Everybody was very nice. Everything's fine now. Um, fuck it. I'm out. I'm, I'm dropping the fucking mic on, on Shakespeare and his planting garbage. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Did you know I'm on Instagram? I am. Did you know I was on Snapchat? I are. I'm on all those places. And my name there is Mike40YOB. As a matter of fact, if you're on the PlayStation Network, you can find me there at Mike40YOB and be my friend there as well. Look at you being a friend with me all over the earth. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. That's Facebook that's uh instagram that's snapchat that's the ps4 network and then uh and then mike at mikeschmidtcomedy.com dude that's five dude that's a pentagram that's a goddamn unholy pentagram of contact information that's what you've got you want to find me anywhere you want to fucking find me that's a pentagram right there a handful you got a five-pointed star if you put a naked guy in the middle of that we can go twenty-one twelve, baby 
Uh, you know what? You can reach me care of the Temple of Syrinx. <laughs> 2112 fucking Rush Street. Uh, by Tor Avenue in Snowdog, Alaska. Uh, hi. All right. So here's the deal, folks. You can find me at all those places. I'm available at Instagram and Snapchat and all these other. I feel weird ending now, but fuck it. I'm ending. I'm just, I have to. Why not? Fucking end. I had nothing. I got nothing better. I mean, that was literally, that was some fucking uncut goddamn tomfoolery that you just got right there. You just, uh, you just snorted it right up into your fucking face. Like Artie Lang snorting up everything in his goddamn way. Have you seen Artie Lang? You seen? You know who Artie Lang is? Let me tell you a little about Artie Lang. Artie Lang is a guy. He was a Howard Stern sidekick for a long time. He was on Mad TV, and he's a funny fucking guy. He's a dick, and he's a self-destructive asshole. But he's a really funny dude. But also, he's one of these dudes that everybody's rallied behind, where they're like, "Oh, Artie, we love you, man!" And then Artie punches a transvestite and steals somebody's money from their ATM, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Artie, you're, you keep messing up, man. I hope you fix your life eventually." But we support you, dude. And then he goes out and he shoots a fucking heroin needle directly into his eyeball, and then he trips and falls in a gutter and knocks out all of his teeth. But then he picks up his teeth and he rolls a fucking seven, and he has to pay somebody all of his money. But then he robs the crap game with a fake gun that he whittled out of soap the last time he was in fucking prison. And then everybody goes, "Oh." Artie, you just can't stay out of your own way, buddy. And uh, I will not lie to you. I saw similarities between me and Artie. When uh, you know, and look on, on the on the smallest of infinite scales, because you know I was fired from Never Not Funny, and then they went and became a very successful show. Artie was fired from Howard Stern, and then Howard Stern, of course, is Howard fucking Stern. Uh, but Artie wound up, you know, he wound up having a great career. We went out and did a bunch of fucking shows. He, made, he was making millions of dollars by doing stand up because he kept the audience, and he was on a much larger scale than me. And I've gone and I've done this, which is you know a, a, a much smaller scale of success, but it's kind of the same through line. You were on a popular show and doing very well, and then you got fucking and you and a lot of people loved you, and then you got whacked. So I would see myself in his situation because also, no matter how many times he fucking stepped on his dick, there were people there to pick him up and tell him how great he was and how much they loved him and stuff. And I've been lucky enough to have people who were gracious enough to reach out to me and help me when my car fucking ate it. You guys started a Kickstarter without me, and I got six grand. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal. You guys have always been there for me, and it makes me very very happy. It's a smaller scale certainly because. Um, you know, I, I reached one, one thousandth of the audience that already reached, but at the same time, the people I've been exposed to fucking are very cool to me and love me and I love them back and it makes me happy. And I'm sure already feels the same way about people. However, uh, whereas I may, oh, I don't know, not get a gig or I I'm too lazy or I don't, you know, I'm driving Uber and I complain about it, but then I don't have a work ethic. So I don't fix it. Um, already is snorting glass. And destroying his face. And that's not even a joke. That's completely true. Go Google Artie Lang mugshot. Don't, don't, here's what you don't Google. Artie Lang mugshot. Do not do that because that was from the day he was in Minneapolis and he shot a mung. And that was fucking awful. And again, you know what happened? Artie Lang showed up in Minneapolis. He shot a mung family and everybody went, oh, Artie, you know what, man? I'm sure it was just an accident. It's probably the drugs making you do that kind of stuff, but we believe in you, man. Go ahead and make it. And so he killed the mungs and everybody's like, what the fuck? But then they're like, oh, it's already yay. Uh, but Google Artie Lang mugshot and be prepared to be terrified by what this man has done to himself. He's also, and my, here's my favorite part. Uh, the day before the mugshot, because he got, he got arrested again this week. He violated his, his parole. He's been arrested for having fucking like, he's been snorting fentanyl. He's snorted out of Oxycontin. But that, that story about him snorting glass is completely true. Like there's a couple of different stories. One, he, his, you know, he, he ruined his own nasal cavities because he's been snorting garbage fucking forever. Also, he owed a gambling debt and some dude stomped in his fucking face. And then also he snorted glass. And this is the thing is everybody's like, well, we don't know which one is true. And I'm like, 
all of them? How about fucking all of the above? This motherfucker has destroyed his face by snorting everything in the goddamn world. He had a bookie stomp on his fucking face because he wouldn't pay off a fucking New Jersey Nets debt. And then all of a sudden he fucking snorted glass and everything went to fucking hell. I can believe all of those stories about Artie. But then there's a fucking army of people who are like, Artie, you look great. We love you, man. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, how... I understand there's second chances and I understand there's third chances and I understand there's fourth chances and I understand there's fifth chances and holy fuck, how many fucking chances are you going to get? This guy's entire life is the giant boulder from Indiana Jones rolling right the fuck downhill. And guess what? He's also Indiana Jones being chased by that boulder. I mean, he's going to fucking lose it on either end. But he, he's got these people who are always like, Hey dude, we totally get it, man. It's fine. I've been there. And I'm like, you've been there. Really? You've been there. You've been there with a fucking bookies, cowboy boot heel buried in your fucking face because you wouldn't pay off a fucking New Jersey devil's bet. Really? That happened. You're that guy. Uh, really? You've snorted up fiberglass and you destroyed your fucking face like Uma Thurman and goddamn Pulp Fiction or whatever the fuck. And you had to get an adrenaline shot from fucking Eric Stoltz. And here's the best part in Pulp Fiction. Uma Thurman has to get an adrenaline shot from Eric Stoltz. There's a very good chance in real fucking life. Artie Lang at some point will need to get an adrenaline shot from Eric Stoltz. I can actually picture because again, where he's his level of celebrity, I can picture him in, in probably Joey Travolta's car, not John's, but he'll be in Joey Travolta's car and Joey will actually call Eric Stoltz and go, Hey man, I'm on the way to your house. I got a, I got a fucked up poo butt and then we got to get an adrenaline shot, whatever. And he's like, man, I'm bringing her there. And he's like, fuck you. Don't come to my house. Is this a cell phone prank caller? And then the one with all the shit in her face is going to go, I'm trying to sleep, man. Uh, <laughs> so fucking Artie has just absolutely, uh, he just keeps fucking up and destroying his life. And he keeps getting people who are going. And I, I look, I'm jealous. I have people who support me through thick and through thin and through even more thin and even thinner and thinnest. And that's fucking cool as hell. But I, I envy the fucking, the cult of personality that Artie has cultivated with these people who are willing to fucking look past all of his transgressions and still go, oh, he's fucking hilarious, man. He's the best. I love Artie. And the thing is, he is great. I understand he was on that crashing show and he was just playing himself. And he's he's just he's an amiable, personable, big fucking St. Bernard of a guy. It's like if my brother Lenny, you know, had let the alcohol fucking destroy him instead of realizing, shit, I got to stop drinking because I got kids. You know what I mean? It's just... It's, it's, you know, and Artie's another guy with fucking brilliant stories. He's got amazing fucking stories. He's a great storyteller. So that's, I saw the parallels with me and him all the time, but then I see him constantly cutting off his own fucking balls and people just picking them up and reattaching them for him. And then, and then swaddling him and giving him money and sitting him down and going, you're, you're great art. You look really great. And meanwhile, he's, his, his face looks like Santa Claus's taint. I mean, it's just the grayest beard and it's coming in all shitty and patchy. And then his nose is fucking caved in. Like it's just, it's fucking awful dudes. He looks, it's, it's just terrifying. And, and so Google the mugshot and check it out, man. Uh, but he, I, I am just astonished that he constantly has people willing to make excuses for him and pick him up whenever he fucks up. And I, I'm just waiting for him to die, honestly. And I, it's not even in a way where I'm rooting for it. I'm just like, I, it won't surprise. Anything you told me about that fucking guy wouldn't surprise me. 
You know, hey, he snorted glass and got his face caved in by a bookie. Yeah, of course. Hey, he uh, he died. He suffocated in a whore's pussy because he asked her to please hold it in there and and pretend that uh, they were playing scuba dive. And he'd, I'd be like, yeah, that happened. I mean, that's who he is. And 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 fuck. But then, but the best part again is he's that guy. But then he'll get clean for like three weeks and he'll be like, you guys are the greatest. You know, I'm gonna get back out there on the road. I'm gonna do a podcast. I'm gonna fucking love it. You know, tell Howard I said hi. And everybody's like, we love you, Art. And then you're like, oh, did you hear about Artie? Yeah, he stuck his dick in a ceiling fan. It was terrible. It fucking flew off. And then uh, he wound up sticking it down the throat of an 11-year-old to get her to try to fucking heal it for him. And, uh, and I guess he's getting pinched for that. And everybody's like, oh, Art, what a victim of circumstance you are. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Oh, man. I'm so sorry to hear that you stuck your dick in a fucking oscillating fan and it got chopped off and then you stuck the bloody stump into an 11-year-old's mouth hoping to stop the bleeding because you were so fucking high you actually thought that it was just a peroxide container. You fuck. Jesus Christ. Well, but you know what? That accidents happen, Art. We love you. Hope to see you at the, at the Bogota soon in the, in the fucking big room. The fuck out of here. I just, I just, I don't actively root against anybody. But eventually you got to stop rooting for them, right? Don't you? Don't you just have to sit back and go, well, maybe. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, you know, I've I've sadly done that with people I'm close to where you walk away and just go, ah, you know, I, I hope you fucking get this shit fixed. But if I get to hear one more story about how all of a sudden you were 40 and you find out you were an epileptic, I mean, it's just like, Jesus, I mean, I, and I'm rooting for you. God damn, I'm rooting for you. I, I hope things go well and I'll always be here for you if you really need me. But if, uh, if it's not that you need me, but all of a sudden you need me to buy you a beer, then we got a fucking issue, man. And, and, and look, who am I to pass judgment on anybody? I'm all fucked. I'm not even all fucked up. Fuck you. I'm making progress. I'm doing better. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm looking good. Billy Ray and feeling good. Fucking Lewis, baby. Uh, how the fuck did I spin off into that? I don't know. Get me in all those places I told you about. Snapchat and every other fucking joint. And then uh, our friend Ryan Dirks is the web guy for this show. He's the coolest. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and write him a note and tell him that you love him and you think he's great. And he'll <laughs> he'll go, thanks, who's this? Because he's not accustomed to strangers bothering him and all that kind of shit. But who knows, man? Maybe he wants to hear from you. Maybe he wants a stranger to bother him at that fucking point. Maybe that's what he's lived his whole life for. He's waited and waited and waited to be fucking bothered by strangers. Maybe that's why he got involved in this enterprise from the fucking jump. Holy fuck, if I help Mike, that means I'll hear from more strangers. God knows I love hearing from strangers. Stranger motherfucking danger. I'm not happy unless I'm being contacted by fucking stranger danger. <laughs> Once stranger danger gets a hold of me, then I'll feel like I'm feeling great. Uh, so go be stranger danger to Ryan Dirks. He's at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and tell him, hey, you love his stranger dangerness and you love everything that he does. Our good friend David Hernandez does all the artwork uh, for this show. He's done all the artwork in the past, I should say. And then he's also the music guy. He does all the music you hear on the show, the theme songs and any song, whatever song I'm going to play after this, this rambling that I'm doing. Uh, you want him to do stuff for you? I don't know if he's going to write a song for you, but he'll definitely do artwork for you. And what you need to do, first of all, is go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and become his friend there. That's important. Become his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And then when you're on there, you can scroll through his Facebook page and look at the artwork. He's got an art by DMH album on there. It's got caricatures. It's got guycons, valscapes, portraits, things like that. Stuff that he's done that would show you what he's capable of doing for you. And... Dude, just go to the West Side 86 Jokers fan club page and look at through the fucking the title, the, the timeline photos. I don't know what the fuck it is. There's a picture of the Joker. He painted it. Click on that and then just start scrolling back and look at all the ones he's done over the fucking years. It's it's just astonishing. The fucking 
level of of expertise and commitment this man has had and what he's done for this show and the work that he's done uh, in the past is really great stuff. So go check it out. Go to the Westside 86 Jokers page, which is the fan club page. Join the fan club while you're there if you can. And also look at those photos. I'm sorry, not even photos. They're paintings that he's done. But also, like I said, become his friend. That's the most important thing at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go to his photos and look through the Art by DMH album on the Facebook page. And also, if you want to go to his website, he's at artbydmh.com. You can go check that out. And that's more of a corporate example. Like the website's more of a, like his experience in advertising and developmental stuff and things like that. But if you want to look at like caricatures, he can do Facebook profile caricatures. He can do paintings of you, your pets, your family, the people you love. Anything he can do, uh, anything you can name, he can do, I guess I should say. And if you go to Art by DMH album on the Facebook page and you'll see examples of characters and things. But also, I'll tell you this. He has a Facebook page called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, I'm Your, I'm Dumb, You're Dumb, I think it's called. And uh, that he, he considers that to be a really good example of his ability to create characters and, and different content and things like that. So if you had him in mind for any sort of artwork that, I mean, was original, I mean, all of his stuff's original, but if I'm saying with caricatures and things like that, that can be images of a of an actor or a person. But if you want to see his ability to create characters and come up with stuff like that, you want to join this, this, the, this is dumb group. This is dumb. That's dumb. I'm dumb. You're dumb. It's a Facebook group. Go ahead and join it now. Uh, you'll have to answer three questions to get in, not unlike the the bridge troll in Monty Python and the Hole in the Grail, but I'm assuming none of them are about the airspeed velocity of a swallow. And I'm also assuming he won't make them that that difficult because he wants to get people in the crew. He wants people in there to take a look at his work and also to participate. It's a, it's an amalgamation. It's just a page of... Uh, of stuff that's dumb and you're dumb and I'm dumb and everything's fucking dumb. Go check it out. It's fucking amazing. Become a member of that page on Facebook. David will get you the questions to get you on board. Go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com if you want to see his uh, advertising experience, things he's done in the past. But again, the most important thing you want to do is uh, find him on Facebook and become his friend so you can look through the Art by DMH album on his Facebook page, all the other memes and things that he's created. The most important thing you can do is go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and become his friend. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Yeah. 
Sir! 
Hey, folks, do we have a sponsor? We do. We always have a sponsor. Somebody's lined up to go ahead and help out this goddamn dog and pony show. Sans dog, sans pony, just me. Dog and Schmitty show? Schmitty and pony show? I don't know. I don't know how you want to look at it. It's just a Schmitty show. It's just a me show. I'm not referring to myself in the third person. Although maybe I should from now on. <laughs> you know how Schmitty likes his things. You know Schmitty like. Oh, Schmitty like. <laughs> Instead of like Papa like. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I never done funny. They call fucking Pardo daddy all the goddamn time. And uh, good for them. I'm glad those people have found something to hang their hats on. Uh, and I'm the fucking talent. You want to go with something there? Call me the fucking talent. Or Schmitty. Or call me Mike. Or sir. <laughs> call me sir. Uh, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's when you're on your knees in front of me. I got my hand in your hair. Then you can call me sir. Hi, how you doing? All right. Uh, that's happened in the past and I loved it. Anyway, that's me babbling. Sponsors. That's what I was talking about. It's the Paranoid Strain Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Our friend Fearful Jesuit up there in uh, in Fearful Inc. Churning out fucking amazing content. He's got a new show in the pipeline. He's going to send to me soon so I can go ahead and listen to it. And, you know, give him notes. That's how I like to handle my business. I do this crazy fucking lump of nonsense. And then he's like, hey, would you like to take my incredibly disciplined and structured and well-written razor sharp show and tear it the fuck apart? And I go, duh, yeah, duh, duh. And then he sends it to me and I listen and I'm constantly gobsmacked by how good it is. And then I have to write him back and go, oh, no changes, sir. Uh, <laughs> because it's fucking amazing work right now. If you go to the iTunes store, you can find the paranoid strain podcast and subscribe in there. Listen to all the shows, download them all to your computer. Listen when you get a chance, Re- uh, leave a re- review. That's really important. Leave a review in the iTunes store saying, Hey, we fucking love this show. And Mike Schmidt sent us here from the 40 year old boy podcast. By the way, go listen to his show as well. You don't have to do that. It's all about the paranoid strain at this point, but still leave a review in the store and also let uh, fearful Jesuit know that we sent you there because that'll make him think we're hitters and he'll want to go ahead and keep sponsoring the show. And I'll be happy to have him do that because he's super cool. And I, you know what? It makes me look good to have him on board. Like I said, I'm in here talking about fucking Rick who was ricked off, Rick ricked off. He got ripped off by Shakespeare. There you go. And meanwhile, he's writing brilliant stuff about assassins and John F. Kennedy. So, uh, so uh, you know what? It's uh, there's room for all of us in this podcasting heap in this podcasting world, in this great big snow globe, snowball microphone, whatever the fuck the, of, of podcasting. There's plenty of room for all of us. And I'm over here on Wild Street and he's up there on Disciplined Avenue. But that's fine. I can meet him on the corner and get an exchange of goods and services to tell you how good his fucking show is. And I'm happy to do it. The Paranoid Strain podcast available right now in the iTunes store. He does yeoman's work. Uh, and you know who's happy about that? Fucking uh, Floyd Yeoman, who used to play for the Montreal Expos. <laughs> You know what, man? Uh, you can hate me. I don't give a fuck. I love me. I think I'm the fucking greatest. There's sometimes, sometimes I like let your hands go. That's my advice to all of you fucking people. None of this means a fucking thing. Just fucking, just unleash. Just this fucking, you know what? Russell Crowe, the shit out of this. Just gladiator and unleash hell. Open your mouth and fucking unleash hell. Uh,. <laughs> <laughs> so the Paranoid Strain podcast is the fucking greatest. It's in the iTunes store now. Go ahead and download it. Go ahead and subscribe to it. Go ahead and leave a review with uh, mentioning us. And if you want to contact Fearful Jesuit, well, get this. This seems bananas that a that a fanatical religious leader such as himself, who's the head of a huge compound filled with uh, the monks all working under his tutelage, why would he have an email address? He doesn't need that. He sends everything out pigeon style like Lawrence Fishburne and fucking Wick. Uh, but instead he's got an email address because you know what? He still wants to go ahead and deign to be sort of like the masses, even though he has superhuman powers of communication, he'll still try to get you via the email and you can find him the paranoid strain at gmail.com. 
That's theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Write him a note to tell him how great he is. Write him a note to tell him how much you enjoy the show. Write him a note to tell him that you uh, you picked it up from us. That's a really important thing. Mention in your missive, mention in your transcribed missive to him that you uh, heard about him on our show. And he might consider, like I said, going ahead and continuing to sponsor with us. That would be great. I would love it. You would love it. He would love it. We would all love it. You know who else would love it? Eric Starvo Galt would love it. He would totally be on board. Uh, Hassan Jr., Hassan Il Sabah, he, he would be very happy. Errol Flynn and Lord Hassan and all these other motherfuckers. Dana, she'd be very happy. All right, so go ahead and tell him in a note how much you love us and how much you love his show. Not necessarily in that order, but why not? Uh, he's still got to know who's who's the fucking talent. All right, so there you go. The Paranoid Strain available now in the iTunes store. Get it, keep it, listen to it, love it. Who wants to go out and drive for Cameo? Uh, no, not for Cameo. You don't want to drive for Cameo. I, I'll tell you about Cameo in a second. But if you want to drive for Uber or Lyft, like I have done in my lifetime and will do again, certainly at some point, uh, Uber and Lyft are out there calling your name. That's right. It's a siren song where they're luring you in. They're like the, uh, you know, the sirens in fucking, oh, brother, where art thou? They're walking to the fucking water and they're washing their hair and they're luring you in and, and you're going to get, uh, you're probably going to die. I won't lie. But that's okay. In the meantime, you'll make money at your side hustle. That's that's what it's all about for all of us, right? Don't you want to make extra money at your side hustle? Look, are your kids in school? You got to put them in college eventually. Don't you got to buy that other sock for your kid? Remember earlier I talked about you buying a sock? Buy that other sock. Get them a pair for fuck's sake. <laughs> what are you doing hoarding all your cash? Well, if you get a side gig with Uber or Lyft, you can go ahead and afford to buy two socks for your kid, motherfucker. If you want to go to Lyft, here's how to make me your Lyft pimp. Use my code, please, whether you're a first-time rider or a, a soon-to-be driver. Use my code. It's all that's all extra, what? All caps. Fuck. Sorry, I got in the middle of a yawn there. All caps. Mike720057, M-I-K-E-720057, all caps on Mike. M-I-K-E, capital M, capital I, capital K, capital E, 720057. Mike720057. Use that code if you're going to become a driver. And then uh, I get a spiff if you complete a certain amount of rides in a certain amount of time. It's like our own personal game show, me and you. Or use that code when you're a first-time rider, and then I think I just get like five bucks or something like that. But that's cool of you to think of me. Mike720057, that's the Lyft code. Now, the same thing applies to Uber, which is trying to take over the world with their IPO and every other fucking thing. You can use this code for Uber. Uh, It's DJZW1YTTUE. That's djzw one Y-T-T-U-E. Please go ahead and do that. Go ahead and uh, use that as a first-time rider or as a driver. And that's all lowercase, by the way. D-J-Z-W, the number one, Y-T-T-U-E. Use that, lowercase, make it happen. Go ahead and become an Uber driver or an Uber rider, and I get a spiff, and it works out great. And I'm glad that you thought of me. That's nice of you. Thank you so much. You're the best. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and go to the merchandise page, which you know is the Joe Business page, and there's stuff there for sale, but if you're not interested in that, use our Amazon link, please, because I know you're, you're, you're shopping at Amazon. That's That can't be denied. Everybody's using Amazon. It's taking over the goddamn world. Right now, Amazon and Google are just riding next to one another like those fucking light bikes in Tron, and they're trying to figure out who's going to do the hard left and cut the other off and make them smash the fuck up. And and they're all, while they're trying to drive around the littered corpses of uh, of Ask Jeeves and fucking Bing and whoever the fuck else has been wiped out, um, 
But please, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Go ahead and use the Amazon link there on the Mike Schmidt uh, at MikeSchmidtComedy.com on the merchandise page, which is the Joe Business page. Click on the Amazon link. You'll see it lurking there in the upper right-hand uh, quadrant. Click on that, and then all of a sudden you're in Amazon. Look at that, and you're using our link. Anything you buy, we will get credit for. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It's a perfect arrangement because, again, as I've said, you're definitely buying things from Amazon. I have to buy something from Amazon tomorrow, as a matter of fact. You know what I got to buy? Here's what an adult buys on Amazon. I've got to buy a bathroom set. Now, you're wondering what that would be. Well, I'm getting a liquid soap dispenser, a soap dish, and a toothbrush holder. Why, you ask? Well, because I have those things, but they just, uh, I don't think they look good anymore. And actually, I lost one of the feet on, on the liquid soap dispenser. So it used to have these three, you know you know what I'm talking about, on the bottom of the thing to make it stand in a certain way. Well, now I've lost the third or the fourth foot, so not wobbles. I got a wobbly soap dispenser. And it, honestly... It shouldn't fucking matter. I don't ever have any company. You know, in two months, hopefully I'll start dating again or whatever the fuck I have planned with my life. And eventually I will expose myself to other people and maybe bring them to my house. And I can't have some chick wander in here. I already got a shitty shower. Now she's going to come in here and see that I got a three foot liquid soap dispenser. Fuck that, man. I got to go ahead and fix this stuff. So, uh... And I already went to Amazon. It's totally funny. I went and I priced them on Amazon and they're like 20 bucks. And in my head, I'm like, ah, well, you need it. And then I'm like, you don't need it yet. Do I wait maybe till the end of June and fucking get it before I wind up getting some fucking girl in here? I don't fucking know. But at the same time, uh, what if by the end of June, there's like a fucking shortage of bathroom sets? There's only like three ugly ones left and they're $8,000 and then I'll be fucked. And then I'm stuck with a three footed fucking soap dispenser and a girl who gives me the side eye. She's just like, you expect me to wash my hands? You expect me to wash my hands? I don't know what Southern Belle I'm dating. Uh, expect me to wash my hands with a three footed soap dispenser? And I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead and climb into my shower so it feels like a fucking sloth is spitting on you. The worst fucking shower in the business. Uh, I got to go and change the head on that. I got to go in, but I can't because they got to wait for them to fix my goddamn bathroom. I can't be, there's no subterfuge until they come in and fucking take care of business. I try to be all nonchalant. You know what I mean? It's like, and, uh, which is crazy because I am totally chalant. You know me, if anything, you know, I am fucking chalant as hell, but instead I got to be nonchalant while I'm like, Oh yeah, why don't you just like fix the bathroom soon? Motherfucker. So I can change my shower head. Um, so I, I, so I need to order a bathroom set from Amazon. And here's the thing. I can't use my link. Check that out because it's like a fucking sneaky thing to do. They don't want you to get credit on your own bullshit, which is totally fine. I get it. If that's how Bezos handles his business, you know, that's how he, he's, he got to be a super rich guy for somehow. So I've got to follow his lead and I can't use my own link, which is totally fine. But by, because I can't use my link, that puts all the pressure on you motherfuckers to step up and use my goddamn link because I'm off. I can't do it. I'm out. I've eliminated my own self. So you step up, use the link, and it's fucking perfect, man. You go ahead, you use the link. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It's fucking perfect. It's a symbiotic relationship. We all hold hands and stare in each other's eyes. Perhaps we put a piece of bread between the three of us and we all jerk off and the last guy to fucking hit it has to eat it. Who fucking knows, man? Uh, regardless, please go ahead and use that on the merchandise page on the MikeSchmidtComedy.com website that I've told you to visit several times. Please check it out. Why wouldn't you? Patreon exists. We have a Patreon page. You can go ahead and do that. Patreon is out there waiting for you to sign up and become a supporter of this, of live streams on Twitch, uh, of, of live stuff. When I go on the road, I'm going to be in Canada. Remember, I'll be in Canada for two weeks in August. And uh, I've heard from people all over America or Canada who are talking about possibly showing up for some of Schmitty Palooza. That would be totally fun and cool. And uh, contact me if you were planning on doing that so I could let you know the dates and exactly where I'm staying because I'm not staying in Toronto proper and I want to make sure that you're involved in events and uh, we'll, we'll rope you in with all the people who are coordinating stuff, whatever. If you're really going to come, that would be great. Uh, so that's, I think, August 5th through the 15th. That's my guess. Or is it the 3rd through the 13th? I don't know. It's 10 days in, in Canada. When with the exchange rate, I'm actually there two weeks. But still, I will be there. I'm going to make that joke every fucking week, man. Suck on that. 
uh, like a piece of goddamn back bacon. I uh, will be there, and it's exciting. I love to go to Canada. I love to see my friends Tanya and Mike. I love to see Ken. I love to see Steve. I love to see John. I love to see fucking uh, Kendra. I love everybody. Uh, anybody and everybody who's in Canada and wants to hang out with me and have a good time. It's going to be totally fun, man. I'm going to do a live podcast record and, uh, and whatever, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. What the fuck is it? New York? It's not. It's what's well, the, it's the New York of Canada, Toronto, uh, around Toronto. Got to find contact me so I can tell you exactly where it's going to be. Anyway, the bottom line is go to Patreon. Become a patron, a patron of Patreon. That would be great. I would love it very much if you did do that. That sort of thing supports the show and helps me. It supports live streams. It supports this podcast. It supports me going on the road and doing live stuff. It supports my life. It keeps me alive. It keeps me afloat. It's buoyancy. Every dollar you give is like a cork, keeping me afloat in the swimming pool of motherfucking life. And I'm glad that you do it. And I thank you for thinking of me. So please become a Patreon subscriber today. Go to Patreon. Put in my name. Put in Mike Schmidt. Uh, and I'll come right up. I think, I hope there's no other Mike Schmitz on there, but look for my giant fucking skull and give me some money. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, cameo is another way to give me money. Have I mentioned that to you before? I think I have. I think I mentioned it earlier in this fucking broadcast. Cameo exists for you to hire me to call you or call your friends and leave a message to them. Uh, you know what? You got a friend named Rudy. I'll call and leave a message to him. <laughs> I'll leave a message to him. Rudy, a message to him. Uh, you know what, Rudy? Better think of your future. Please, if you do nothing else in your life, <laughs> even if you don't have a friend named Rudy, make one. Make a friend named Rudy so I can call them and just do that fucking song. Please, I'm begging you. I will make it conversational and also sing songy. Please have a friend named Rudy that you want me to call so I can do that. Uh, <laughs> better th- you know what, Rudy? Better think of your future. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I want that. You you have no idea how bad I want that now. I want that more than anything in the fucking world. Ha, get a cameo and have me call a guy named Rudy just so I can do the whole message to you, Rudy song. Jesus, fuck. So, you know what? It doesn't take much to make me happy. Stupid, dumb shit like that. I mean, my cameo price is what, 20 bucks? It's worth 20 bucks to you, 15 bucks to me to fucking get me on board. It's five for cameo. They take five right off the top. But it's uh, it's worth it for you to fucking have me call your buddy Rudy or at least go out and make a Rudy friend so that he can hire me for to do a cameo for him. God damn it. Look at look at what the fun we're having with the name Rudy. <laughs> a message to him, Rudy. A message to you, the specials. And I'll tell you what, if Rudy lives in a ghost town, that's going to make it even that much better because then I can leave a message to him, Rudy. And then I can say, this town uh, is coming like a ghost town. Uh, <laughs> you know who's in that ghost town? Fucking Rick. Looking for ghost pussy so he can shuffle off this fucking mortal coil and get back into fucking heaven so he can fight Shakespeare for everybody's enjoyment. And that'll happen, too. Don't fucking kid yourself. Don't think that fucking John Adams and Napoleon and those motherfuckers haven't been laying wagers on what's going to happen when Rick gets to heaven and kicks the fuck out of goddamn Shakespeare. That's going to be beautiful. Hey, Bill, don't fucking duck this fight. Rick is coming for you, man. All it's going to take is one ghost pussy. Here's the thing. Let me ask you. If you die, if you're a lady and you die, find Rick and fuck him. Just to set up the big fucking mono mono goddamn dukeroo, the fucking throwdown, the rowdy dow, the goddamn fucking the just just set it up. I if you're a lady and you die, find Rick and fuck him so he can go to Shakespeare and fucking battle him in heaven and just have that fucking fight for everybody's enjoyment. Everybody's up there waiting for it. They're just waiting. They fucking hate insufferable Shakespeare. He's such a fucking dick, and they can't wait for Rick to come up in there and just fucking tear him asunder. It's gonna be great. Just a fucking rang him a dang. Get him up there. 
Uh, all right. Hi. So, so that's important. So on cameo, uh, please let me call your friend Rudy and talk about his ghost town, whatever the fuck hire me to do anything. Call anybody, find somebody, you know, you like, you love, you enjoy, find somebody you don't enjoy, whatever the fuck hire me to call them. And I will call them and do whatever the fuck you want me to do. I'll talk about their college graduation. I'll talk about Kanye West's album, college dropout, whatever the fuck you want me to talk about. I can do it. Go to cameo. Find me. My name's in there. Mike Schmidt. Hi, I'm that guy. Sign me up. It's important. We have a YouTube channel. Did you know that? Well, we do. You can go ahead and subscribe to that as well. The YouTube channel has all sorts of stuff. It's got all the archives of this show. Well, not all of them, certainly, but the first 10 years and the 10 and a half years, maybe. And uh, and you can go ahead and listen to all of those archives. And then there's clips of other things available. There are clips of my old stand-up from a billion years ago. Uh, there's the word macaca is in there on one of the clips. I'll, uh, you can go ahead and find that. It's like a little scavenger hunt. Go ahead and find that clip. Uh, and then there's also some Twitch clips, but not many. I've got to get some of those. I just look, I, I'm, I'm exhausted, but I will tell you this. I'm learning more about how to do things. Well, at least learn. It's just, it's in my fucking tiny brain. You know that I just got to fix that. I, I took a, I took a workshop on how to learn stuff. I'll tell you about that next week. There's no reason going into it today, but it was very helpful. I liked it very much. And, uh, and we'll see if I can implement the things that I've learned and going ahead and salvaging whatever the fuck I've got left out of this wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald of a career I'm, I'm, I'm sporting. All right. So YouTube exists. Please sign up on the YouTube channel uh, and, and become a subscriber because again, it lets YouTube know I'm a hitter. Uh, and then they, you know, they, I make money when you watch videos and I get advertising money and then whatever the fuck. But I mean, it's a very slow process, but the more you sign up and the more you watch, the better I am, the better it is for me, which is why I need to make my fucking web channel or my web page or my YouTube channel, a destination site. That would be really smart to get more people going there. So then more people would watch and I'd make money. Wouldn't that be smart? It would. Hi, I'm not smart. But please go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's all sorts of clips there for you to peruse and check out. A lot of people are listening to the show from the beginning, listening to year one. Uh, from what I understand, this week in year one, or at least it might not be this week of year one, but a listener, uh, our good friend Anne Zill, the panda, she was in the Discord. We have a Discord. If you don't know what that is, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a second. And she said that uh, the show she listened to today was the show where I wound up getting uh, VD. Uh, which, which is in, you know, by year one, that's all I can tell you year one, it's available or go find it on YouTube, listen to all of them. And eventually you'll find them. I can tell you this. I'm pretty sure that that show aired in a, in February of 2009. That's my guess. Uh, or February of 2008. I'm, I know it was a February. That's I'm very confident in saying that. So, uh, and there's a reason why once you hear it, I've actually used it in a rerun too. As a matter of fact, it was one of the greatest hits that I pulled out, but it is, uh, it's again, one of my favorite shows. All of my shows are my favorite shows. Go listen to all the shows from the past. Go listen to my past, make my past your present. Uh, and, and, and that's the way it should be. Wrap it up with a big fucking bow and unwrap me every goddamn day. Cause I'm, I'm so fucking worth it, baby. Go ahead and listen and love me. Uh, so go to the YouTube channel and become a subscriber. That would be great. I'd appreciate it. And also, let me tell you about this. Let's talk about Twitch for just a second. Um, if you don't know, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, I'm on there streaming myself playing video games all the goddamn time. And I would like for you to join me and hang out. If you could follow the channel, that'd be great. If you subscribe to the channel, that'd be even better. Now, here's a way for you to help out the show without paying a dime. If you're an Amazon subscriber, Amazon Prime subscriber, remember I talked about Amazon earlier with the link on the website? If you're an Amazon Prime person, you can go ahead and subscribe to the 40-year-old boy Twitch channel and it costs you nothing and it gets me five bucks. So it's literally like you're already a prime person anyway. It doesn't cost you anything except going in, finding the link and clicking it. And the only thing is you will have to renew it every month. So, I mean, aren't I worth 20 seconds a month 
for you to go find the button and click it. There you go. I get free money from Amazon for you becoming an Amazon Prime Twitch Prime subscriber. It's fucking great. You watch me. I'm playing games. I played a game, uh, you know, and, and I'm having fun. I'm playing all these different games. People suggest games. I want to play them. And going forward, we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, bells and whistles. There's some now, like if you're in the Twitch stream and you become a, if you become a tier one subscriber, you've get some uh, Schmitty Hornboy emojis, become a tier two subscriber, you get access to those emojis. And then there's uh, I don't want to reveal. There's a, a special emoji for tier two, special emoji for tier three. And uh, you can use those in the chat stream and impress everybody that you're on board with the show and you're a subscriber and everybody knows it. And that's fucking cool as shit. Cause you know what? It's a real community over there. It's I'm getting the same people coming every day, regulars along with new people every, every fucking day for God's sake, new people pop in. We play different games. I played a, I, I played a game today called inside. I'm in the middle of it. If you're, you know, if you're listening to this Thursday morning, I'll be streaming, uh, later on Thursday afternoon, I'll be playing the rest of inside trying to finish that game. Uh, it's just, a. It's an odd, fun little game, man. I mean, there's I've played the big games like Red Dead and God of War and certainly GTA 5, and I've talked about them on here, but I'm finding these independent games that I love. There's a game called Night in the Woods, and it's essentially about a depressed cat. Not even joking, like a, a woman, a female cat. She's depressed. She comes home from college. She quits college, and uh, she lives in, she moves back to her hometown. She hangs out with her friends, but it's like, but she hates it and her friends hate it. And she's, she's depressed. It's fucking dude. I'm finding those are the games I, I really identify with these games where the characters are people you can empathize with and, and their stories are kind of to me important. I mean, look, if you're going to watch, it, you're going to be like this, this show's not important and I totally get it. But to see this, this cat interact with her friends, because there's a, you know, I, I acted the whole fucking thing out because I'm a weirdo, but there was this scene where this, this, this cat is friends with another Per animal and uh, she loses her mind at a fucking party and then she gets driven home drunk and she tries to confess to her friend and her friend it's just they have a fight I mean it's just it's I know I'm, I'm doing a terrible job of selling this game and now this channel because look we do enough sword fighting and bullshit like that I've been playing Hibbly zombies this game called days gone for a while where you're just in the zombie apocalypse you're trying to stay alive you're trying to get car parts and save people and run drugs and all sorts of bullshit so that's fun uh, I play all sorts of different games. Hillbilly Zombies. I've been playing this game called Overcooked, which is a bunch of weird chefs. You're you're on flatbed trucks and in restaurants with rats, and you're trying to cook tomatoes and onion soup, and it's fucking fun. Uh, I played that, but I will tell you this. Um, you know, I, I don't know anything about these games. People tell me they're cool or whatever, and I might do a cursory glance, and I go, well, fuck, I'll take this game. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I bought a game. Uh, well, it might have been even last week. Was it last week? I bought a game called uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. That's my guess is the name. It's something like that. But it is Edith Finch. If you Google Edith Finch, you'll see. And someone had mentioned it to me. And then I Googled like best PS4 games. And it was on every list. And everybody said, this is a fucking astonishing game. The graphics, it's really unbelievable. But I watched the trailer for it. And it was a first player experience, which means, you know, when I play Red Dead Redemption, I'm a character and I'm behind him. He's on his horse. He's riding whatever the fuck that's fine. But when I'm, when I'm playing Edith Finch, you're Edith Finch. So you're walking around and everything is first person. It's like you're, you're in the game. And I, I think I've told you, I notoriously can't watch games like that because I get sick. But everybody's like, well, you'll get used to it, dude. Don't even fucking worry about it. It's just you wind up playing it. And, I, and they're like, you got to give it a try. You got to try anyway. So I did. I fucking played Edith Finch. Now, my mom would play Doom and I would get sick or I'd have to walk out of the room. Uh, I, I get sick at certain movies when there's handheld cameras and weird motion. 
So with Edith Finch, I'm playing and I'm walking as Edith Finch. And I'm trying not to run because I think speed does something to me. But I mean, I'm running a little bit. It's not an action game, at least in the beginning. So as Edith Finch, you find this house and you find a back entrance and then you're looking through a knothole in the fence and you got to sneak through a dog door. And, uh, and I started to get a little loopy, but it wasn't so bad. And, uh, and then there's a bunch of puzzles and you have to investigate. She's got a family tree and she opens up her diary and you see they all have like born dates and death dates. And what it is, is you walk through the house and as you're walking through the house, you investigate the bedroom or the room where that person was in the most often. And then it flashes you back to that person's story. So the first story we wound up doing was, uh, she had like a, a long, you know, a, a long lost cousin or whatever the fuck, you know, cause then it's also Edith Finch is it's year 2016. And in her diary, there's someone from 1917. Like she's looking at the history of her family. So we fucking went into this bedroom and we turned into this little girl. And, and her storyline was that she had been locked in her bedroom without dinner and she was starving. So she wakes up out of bed. Now you become this little girl. So you're walking around the room, you eat food out of the gerbil cage. You eat like these Christmas decorations. Then you open a fucking window and you turn into a goddamn cat. So as a cat, you're running around outside and you're fucking running up a tree. And now, now it's moving and now it's fast and I'm playing the game and I'm on live. You know what I mean? People are watching me stream. So I'm streaming and I'm running and I, as a cat, and then I turn into a fucking owl and I'm chasing rabbits. And then I turn into a, uh, a shark and I, I, I roll down a hill and then I go into the ocean. And I'm chasing a seal and I'm trying to bite it. Now imagine that I'm running as a cat over branches and up a tree. And then I turn into a fucking owl. So I'm swooping through the sky, trying to time it so I can catch these rabbits. And then I turn into a shark and I'm swimming through the ocean. So you're just floating and moving and you're zipping and zooming. And you're trying to bite seals. You get close to the seal, you bite it in half and all this shit. And then you jump up on a boat and you turn into a fucking monster and you're just tentacles. So I'm playing, I'm talking to people and I'm watching the game and I can feel it, man. I'm starting to get a little sweaty. I'm starting to get a little spinny. I'm starting to get a little sick, but I'm like, well, I can get through this. This is totally fine. And just go slow, but you can't control it. You can't go slow as an owl. You're trying to catch a fucking rabbit. See, there's stuff when I was Edith Finch, I'm just walking around going, duh, a door, look, a candle. But everybody else, I'm like, I'm running as an owl trying to catch a rabbit. I'm running as a fucking shark swimming, trying to catch a fucking seal. I mean, you're really moving and I'm first person and I'm feeling it. And I'm starting to sweat and feel sick. And then I'm on the boat and I'm a monster and I'm tentacles. And there's a guy and I grab him around the ankle and I pull him and I eat him. And then I would slide the tentacles and I go around a corner and up some stairs and around another corner. And I'm really starting to feel it now. And I'm sweating. I'm trying to talk to people on the Twitch game and I get the tentacles and I grab the captain of the boat and I grab him to fucking eat him. And then all of a sudden I turn back from the tentacles into a little girl and the little girl's in bed and she's got the cat and the cat's on her lap. And, uh, I finished that segment of the story and I knew I fucking knew there's a thing that happens to your body when you just know you're going to get sick. And I'm on, I'm on fucking camera with everybody. I'm playing the game. And I, I will tell you this. I I've talked before. I hate leaving the camera because it's stupid. Nobody just, you know, Ted Danson walk out of fucking cheers and everybody had to wait for him to get back. That's just fucked. And I know I look at it weird cause it's like a TV show and shit like that. But I fucking, I'm like, well, I'm not going to throw up on camera. That's going to be fucked. Cause I had nowhere to throw up. I didn't have a bucket or anything. So it has to fucking yak all over my goddamn desk and people would have watched. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to treat him to that goddamn visual, especially cause the fucking stream gets saved and people watch that forever. You don't think that's going to go fucking viral. So sure enough, I fucking go, you know what? Hey, I'm going to get sick. I tell the people on the screen and I got up and I, and it was that thing. Here's when I say physically stomach doing flip-flops sweating, but also and this is a trigger and I apologize for saying it, but I'm going to fucking say it because this totally happens. Dudes, you ever have your mouth just fill up with spit? 
like like jets like really warm it just it just fucking jets of spit fill your mouth your mouth starts watering intensely and in my mind i'm like that's it i know i'm gonna you that's when you know you're gonna throw up so i get up and i didn't have to run thankfully but i timed it all i i hit every single beat i looked at the screen i go guys uh i'm gonna go get sick seriously and i got up i walked and i i'm you know my bathroom's fucking 12 steps away on the 12th step i i leaned over and then that was it i just i fucking i threw up a video game made me throw up. A video game made me throw up on a live stream, motherfuckers. Uh, I, I, I just, and I, and luckily I hadn't eaten that day. I literally had had like two handfuls of mixed nuts and a, and a handful of macadamia nuts, but that fucking came up in a real fucking nutty paste. And it wasn't good. It did not feel good. It didn't taste good. It wasn't good at all. And I tried not to make noise because again, I'm still on camera. The microphone is live. Everything's up. People are in the living room and I'm just, I'm just like, Ugh. I'm I'm trying not to make noise in the fucking bathroom. Um, But I got sick from a video game. And, uh, you know, I rinsed my mouth out. I brushed my teeth real quick. I threw water in my face. I walked back out and I got back on camera and I go, hey, uh, I just uh, I just threw up. And I said, look, I don't know if you heard it. I have no idea if you did. And everybody's like, no, man, the music was super loud. And they and they all could have been fucking lying because then there was a guy named Travis who's there all the time. Our buddy Travis Barbecue. He's in the fucking stream and he in the chat room. He just goes, I heard it. He goes, but I have like really huge speakers. I have you cranked up. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking awful, man. So uh, the bottom line is, folks, follow the Twitch channel. Look at the fun we're having in there, right? Who knows? That could happen tomorrow. I mean, I could throw up. I could win a game. I could win a prize. It's just, it's a coin fucking flip. You think this show is is a laugh a minute and a fucking constant adventure and you never know what's going to come out of my mouth? On the Twitch channel, you really don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Is it going to be an example of the game? Is it going to be talking about food? Or is it going to be fucking yakking up mixed nuts all over the goddamn place? It doesn't matter. Fucking sign up for the fucking powerhouse of Mike Schmidt on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Follow along where they're every day pretty much except Mondays. Mondays are a work day and that's why I'm recording the show here on Wednesday night. But I, uh, I, I, you know, I take Mondays off from the stream just because you wind up getting talked out. But fuck, man, join us. It's totally fucking great. I'm throwing up. I'm killing. I'm, I've got depressed cats. Dude, I've sold this channel in such a way. Dude, we got Batman, Spider-Man, depressed cats and vomit. That's the fucking perfect. Uh, you can't even you can't hope for anything better than that. You got the fucking Cape Crusader. You got your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You got fucking me vomiting all over the place. And you got a cat who can't get out of bed because she hates the way she looks and makes fun of herself in the mirror. That's fucking gold. That's the entertainment industry's fucking. That's not even a hat trick. That's a hat trick plus one. That's a four spot. That's a four piece in a fucking soda. That's a three piece in a fucking soda. That's everything you could fucking ever want in your goddamn entertainment. Coming at you live on a goddamn Twitch thing with me screaming and playing fucking games.
Fuck you, Schmitty. You don't come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick. Egg, egg.